Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What Are You Doing? Movie, go ahead and pop in your DVD or Blu-ray of Jackie Brown. Press play, press pause when the Miramax Movies presents title card fades just to blue tiles, like when it clicks off. When you see nothing but tiles, press pause. In a second, I'll say three, two, one, unpause. Which one? I'll press play. You'll press play and we'll watch the movie together in perfect sync. It'll be like any other commentary except with four friends in your head. And since Jackie Brown is curated by Mike, we will start with him. Why yeah, Jackie Brown, man? Um, I think this is the movie uh, of Tarantino's, you know, oeuvre. <laughs> um, this is this is the one that most people have missed. This is the one that I think has a reputation for being. Um, a weak point for being like, oh, you know, the, the way people talk about certain, um, Spielberg movies, like, oh yeah, 1941 and Hook, like, oh, like people talk <laughs> about that with Tarantino, Jackie Brown, oh. And it, and it is lo- like, you just look at the, you know, the, the cover and it's like running time, two and a half <laughs> hours, and like, fucking, I don't have time for that. <laughs> God damn it, um, Quentin. <laughs> and, uh, so, so I hadn't watched it for, for a while and I don't remember why I wound up watching. It. I think I just finally had two and a half hours and I, I went, you know what? I'm going to check this out. And I, I thought it was great. I loved it. Um, I was really impressed by, I see, I see what happened, sort of, or I, I think I see what happened. You know, he comes out of the gate and he, uh, he makes Reservoir Dogs and he makes Pulp Fiction and everyone goes, who is this guy? He's, it's crazy. It's amazing. And he comes out with this, which is an incredibly, like, straightforward, straightforward mature way. Like, it, you can still tell it's Tarantino. But he's just making a movie. He's adapting a book. He's adapting a book called Rum Punch. So it's a very straightforward plot <clears throat> and, and construction compared to, uh, his, his usual style, uh, aside from, uh, the, the three versions of the, uh, the little kind of switcheroo at the end. But otherwise, it's a very straightforward, uh, film. It's a very straightforward narrative. And I can see how people would come into this and go, well, what's this? Like, we, we, <laughs> we, 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 we're excited because you were this, this new voice and now you showed us just a movie. How dare you? And so. Look at this asshole. Yeah. They're like, yeah. just get back in your box, Quentin. And Jeez, so. Shyamalan, what the hell? Yeah. He's like, all right, fine. And so, and so, yeah, exactly. And so now, you know, um. He didn't make a movie for several years. After yeah. This. He didn't make a movie for quite some time until I think it was. Kill Bill. It was Kill Bill. So the, he, the trailer was all like the fourth film. Yeah. So it was, yeah. it was seven years before he, he had the, the, like he felt like making a movie again after after <laughs> the the drubbing I guess he took from Jackie Brown, um and and ever since then he he makes cartoons like he stopped trying to make movies and he just makes straight up cartoons. This now. is this is Tarantino's Jersey Girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. I mean, it's like the one time he's like trying. Like no one liked that. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, all right, sorry. I'll go back to my <laughs> yeah. thing. My favorite Kevin Smith film, by the way, Jersey Girl. I was like, <laughs> yeah. wow, he actually, hey, he made a movie. Well, exactly, but only once. It's it's unlike um. Unlike Kevin Smith, because we talked about it, and we have, we still, oh, we did Dogma, we did Dogma, but, um, Dergmer. you know, unlike Dermer Kevin Dermer. Smith, where I go, I think I matured and the film didn't, it's like, as I get older, I appreciate this movie more. <laughs> yeah, well, it is a and movie that, about old people. Yeah, that too, well, there's that, number one, uh, that, uh, what an incredibly unique <laughs> thing yeah. nowadays. I know, I think I can put my finger on another reason why this movie didn't uh, yeah. necessarily do well. Um, but, uh. But I love it, and I, I I really do. It's not because I'm I'm I have such an affinity for um, uh, you know, martial arts movies and stuff like that. Kill Bill still remains my favorite of his movies, but I honestly think this is probably his best movie. Hmm, weird. I don't know if I go that far. Trey looks like he disagrees. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> I, sure. I, you know, I'm I'm too old to be a Tarantino fan. So here's my thing. I like this movie. I don't love this movie. And the word that comes to mind when I was trying to figure out what is the difference what what's my thing about it is that it's almost surreal 
it's not a surreal movie. It's surreal to watch Tarantino's scene by scene direction. Like every single scene, perfect Tarantino scene. But when you string them in order, it's kind of surreal. It's weird because I'm not used to seeing a Tarantino directed scene and they have a flavor. Be just just, chill. Be, just, just yeah, be there's, like, there's, yeah, there's no just, doubt. It's like if you took the credits off this three minutes in, you go, no, this is a Tarantino, Tarantino film. right? Yeah. yeah, totally. But it's just weird to see that sort of scene construction and how he has characters behave in a linear order. Uh, and I, it's not yeah. a bad thing. It's, it's just weird surreal. To, it's, it's weird just to see, weird to see him make a normal movie. Yeah, yeah. it's you know, it's like it's <laughs> like seeing him. Yeah, it's like but you could still see him in it. So. It's like seeing your wacky friend in normal clothes. Yeah. You know, he's still fine. He's not a good guy. It's just, you know, you usually wear a suit suit. Phil, why? why? It's, it's like seeing your friend. At, it's more like seeing your friend at work in his pizza uniform. Like, wow, that's freaking me out. Yeah, I'm exactly. Used to seeing you in your board Let's shorts. See, and, yes, uh, there it is. Jackie Brown is seeing your teacher at the grocery store. That's what it is. <laughs> but I like it. I love Pam Greer. Robert Forster kills it. And what's really interesting is Robert De Niro basically getting on one hand. The first time I watched it, I was thinking that he has nothing to do Where what? I can't believe how criminally underused De Niro is. <laughs> the second time I watched this, I was like, holy shit, Robert De Niro is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Because everything that he's doing, he's communicating it without talking, without being big or chewing the scenery, really. he's That's probably the hardest thing to do. Yeah. Because yeah. he's like, the way he carries himself, and like, I was watching a Charlie Rose interview with Tarantino, and he said it himself very well. He was talking about like, the way that Robert De Niro picks up a drink, takes a drink, and puts the drink down in this movie, says, I've been in prison for four years, and I'm still a little confused about what's going on in the world. <laughs> Without yeah. just the, the way he drinks the coffee does that. I was really blown away by that. And uh, Samuel Jackson is at 9.8 on this one uh, and usually works for me. Honestly, I think my favorite Samuel Jackson moment in this entire movie is when he gets real quiet in the car before the very end scene. Yeah. Yeah. That's the part where it's like, oh, shit, no one ever has Sam do this. They should have him do that. Yeah. That's yeah. scary. That's worse than the yelling. Yeah. When, yeah that's like it's the, it's, the, it's the next step beyond Sam Jackson yelling at you is when he gets real quiet. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get real quiet yeah. now. So, you know, this I, I hope that I come to like this movie more and more over the course of this conversation and in the coming years. But as it stands, I'm it's surreal. It's it's a weird, good movie, but I don't extra care about it, if that makes sense. <laughs> you know, Anthony, how do you feel? about Jackie I love this movie. I, I, I loved it from the first time I saw it. Oh, it was it was different. I was cool guy a, over here. I, it's not <laughs> what I was expecting, but um, I don't know. Enough, it, this the slowness is I was expecting that because when I watched it. I think I saw an intro with Quentin Tarantino talking about it, and he was kind of making fun of himself a little bit. He's like, could it be any longer? <laughs> and because he said that, it set me up. I'm like, okay, this is going to be a slow-paced movie. And I don't know. I ended up enjoying it a lot. I think he, he makes long. I mean... His all movies of Django is forever. Glorious yeah. Bastards is forever. And, and Pulp Fiction yeah. is long. Too. But he knows he, five hours. He just yeah. made two yeah. movies. Pulp yeah. Fiction has so much going on, though, you don't feel the length. But he much. recognizes that it's slow-paced. It's deliberate. Yeah. And... Um, I remember I saw a, a, a Charlie Rose interview also. Um, I don't know if it was the same one you saw, but it was like a group of people. No, this was just his and him by himself talking about the movie. He, he was there and uh, people were basically criticizing Jackie Brown in front of him. He's like, um, excuse me, there are critics who love this movie because of the pace. <laughs> yeah. They, they credit me because it's slower, because everything else is so fast paced now. Well, yeah. My so. problem, I don't have a, a, I don't have a problem with this movie. And my, the thing that I have about it isn't even but he's, the pace. But he doesn't do that anymore. Now he comes at your face hard, oh, <laughs> whatever yeah. he's doing. So his movies explode at you. Yeah. I, well, the, you the opening of, uh, of the, what's the last one he did? Django? Yeah, no, no, no. Right before that, the Nazi Glorious Bastards. Uh, Glorious Bastards. <laughs> yeah, opening someone really forget slow. that that's... He actually made another movie. <laughs> yeah. that, that, anyway, that, right. that opening was like six minutes long. That's true, yeah. So. No, that, that was a slow pace. Oh. 
Trey? Well, <laughs> yeah, this movie's two and a half hours long and we haven't started it yet. Yeah. So press play and then I'll start talking. Yeah. All right. For the it love is, of God. Because it is just her on a moving sidewalk. Yeah, for about I get five there's, there'll be some time before anything happens. <laughs> You're at the point where the Miramax presents or whatever yellow title card has faded just to tile like we are here. Put your finger on the button. Three, two, one, on pause. Yeah. So anyway, so a band okay. apart. And now me. Um yeah, so I I had managed to never see this movie, you know, which is even less surprising because I'm not, you know, a Tarantino fan. I don't hate Tarantino. It's like Tarantino is a guy who makes movies, and some of them I've seen, and some of them I I enjoyed. Um, so it's like there was no particular reason to see this. And this and Mike's been threatening. This is this is Mike's <laughs> Cowboys. Mike's been threatening for like three years to make us yeah. watch this movie at some point, and it just it just became inevitable, and so here we are. So I watched it, and it's yeah, it's a Tarantino movie. It's like Tarantino, you know, calmed down a little bit from his his normal standard that I that I've seen. And yeah, it's I, I I'm gonna it's it's perfectly fine. I there's not a moment of it I hate. It's a little long i go yeah you could have trimmed that but every movie can be trimmed if it's two and a half hours long pretty much um i think every tarantino movie could be trimmed yeah it certainly I could be i mean you know it depends on what you what you want from it it's like if you like this you know obviously if you like tarantino you like to see people sit and have lengthy conversations about pop culture and he'll, he'll always bring you that and that can go on forever he did an entire movie that was just that and then there was a car crash so you know he, <laughs> he's perfect he's perfectly capable of i forgot that. about that <laughs> yeah he's perfectly capable of making that and 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 it, you know and, and as teak said every individual scene is always like oh what a fun scene of of good actors having fun with, you know, banter and dialogue and pop culture references. And that's all fine. Um, this movie for me was like, you know, about a half hour in. I'm like, yep, this is Tarantino. But where where are we going with this? Come on. I mean, let's let's get the show on the road. So I'm I, like I said, I don't I don't hate it. It's I can see it's perfectly well. I'm really fascinated by Tarantino's directing style, which which is, in this one is, again, as you said, is is kind of calmed down from his normal sort of level of like look how good I'm directing everybody and and sort of just becomes pretty good directing yeah. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily yell in your face like look at the things I'm doing here everyone I'm I'm Tarantino you can't see me but I'm here hello um, and I never like any kind of you know Scorsese sometimes will do that too like look how good I'm directing everybody but <laughs> it's just uh, like a superimposed version you, of him on you, the screen just waving yeah, hey yeah are you referring more to the performances that he's directing or to the no I'm talking the camera placement and the and the shot choices and and the, the, all that sort of stuff so um, you know and I and I admire that I appreciate that I mean he he can do uh, there's some great moments here my, my favorite favorite is um, I always admire uh, directors who with their camera placement build excruciating tension and there's several moments several scenes of that in here that I really go wow that's so you know that's really beautifully done so yeah it's, it's great all that. but overall I think you know we're looking at Tarantino getting to to build his sandbox and play with his toy soldiers I'm going to take Pam Greer from those great 70 movies I loved and I'm going to take Robert Forster from those great 70 movies I loved and I'm going to oh Robert De Niro is going to show up and I'm going to get I can't get Peter Fonda but I can get his daughter and I you know and this is I'm going to do a 70s-esque kind of crime thing that's going to be kind of grindhousey and this is you know this is clearly still you know he's got Pam Greer right up front so he's going for the grindhouse thing here even though just not so overtly as he did later with Death Proof and this is Sort of an updated grindhousey movie with really nice production values, and that's great. But I'm I'm not a grindhouse movie fan, so didn't really do it for me. But you know, again, I it's you know the the worst I can say about this movie is I don't love it. That's that's what I got. If so. you told if you told somebody this movie had been made in the 70s, they could almost believe you it. would absolutely believe it, except for the you except know, for the, there'd be the more film grain technology and, and the technology yeah. of it. And that's what uh, that's one of the things I really 
think is fun about Tarantino movies is they almost always, and surely people have done much more extensive, and I'm just, you know, I'm just making this up because I haven't paid that much attention to Tarantino, but they always exist in this weird kind of always the 70s universe, even when it's yeah. clearly not the 70s. It still feels like the 70s. I mean... Well, se- it doesn't feel like they age much. Yeah. Like, I watch Pulp Fiction, it doesn't feel like it's 20 years well, old. Well, because he's making it, he's, he, they're sort of he period- still makes movies the way they did in the 70s. I mean, this movie yeah. could... I mean, other than the fact that Sam Jackson has a cell phone, you you, you could almost go, is this supposed to be in the 70s? Wow. It's, it's, you know, it's... There's almost he almost never gives and every all the places you know the restaurants and everything are just obviously have ancient decor that's been that way for now forty years but you know would have been what what the restaurant you went to forty years ago would have looked like that so so they live in this weird they exist in this weird it's always seventies in uh, in Tarantinoville one of the things Trey was saying I, I think that's part of his signature what the yeah. signature style that you're talking about with yeah. Tarantino it's like he still he still makes seventies movies and I mean they like I say they've amped up to cartoons at this point but he's still going for that sorry you were saying Teague. Uh well one of the things Trey was saying is that there's great scenes of suspense in this movie and I noticed that too but what's interesting is if you watch it twice all those scenes don't work the second time why? Because they're building suspense for things where it's like, oh shit, what's going to happen? Well, the that's, end of this never, scene? That's, yeah. that's true for anything. Though. And the answer I mean, is it's, the answer is never actually a suspenseful thing. Once so, you know the body's not going to jump off the table, right. it's blown for you. But, but the and, first but, time it could be excruciating. Right. But this is a movie where we watch like a guy like, you know, it works with Sam Jackson walking to the house with a gun. That's good. And that scene is building suspense for a thing where it's like, whatever's happening, he's going to go into that house with a gun. Cool. And loves. But why are we following Robert Forster with his keys for like three minutes in the mall? We yeah. ask ourselves on the second viewing, <laughs> why do we need this shot that's three minutes long of him walking to his car? And things like that, where there's these really long... It's not like, three minutes, is it? It's like 90 seconds. But it's, there's, that, there's a lot well, of like atmosphere touches like that. The longest shot is the... Or what feels like the longest shot is the... Is, the car? Uh, no, is Jackie You notice his foot fetish? Just... Yeah. Um, oh wait, oh, he has yeah. a foot fetish. He's got, he's got a Little major bit. foot fetish. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. Like he's got that whole toe scene in Kill Bill, and yeah. he's got Every, the opening with it's Danny Elfman's wife. I, IMDb has happily pointed out the uh, yeah. th- that his trademark is feet. He'll always have close-ups of women's feet. In, in um, Uma Thurman's opening in Pulp Fiction was her feet. Yeah, he'll always have bare feet walking. The whole scene about her was, feet in the car. Being sarcastic, <laughs> by the way. It was like the, his foot fetish jumps off of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. Feet. Uh, anyway. I interrupted but, you, Mike. Uh, song, uh, the, the, the longest shot was Jackie. Oh, is is ja- is uh, during that that little switcheroo bit is Jackie. Jackie running through the mall is the that, one yeah. that really jumped out to That's me. Another one too, where really? it's like on second viewing, it's like, well, wait, wait, you know, why do we need this? Shot. We'll what talk, is the shot doing for the movie? We'll talk about that when we get yeah, there. Well, I think I an hour and a half out, when we get there. Yeah, I think well, I've, I think I figured out his reasoning, or or I think I figured out a possible reasoning. But I think it's the the opening um, for me was the longest shot. Oh, that's oh a, well, that's yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. <laughs> the, the graduate homage that was what threw me right off the bat. It's like, okay, so you're doing. Of all things to do an homage to the graduate, and how does that work? I mean, <laughs> it's just because he likes it. I know it's <laughs> well, like, and, and you know, it's no one. And there's another movie that just came out that also used that moving sidewalk. People, I just like people. People love that sidewalk. I, you know, I, if I was at LAX, I would probably do a graduate shot too. I mean, why not? Because <laughs> there it is. Uh, it made me go. Well, of all things to homage the graduate, but okay. Uh, what are you saying? What are you telling us, Quentin? What are you trying to tell us? He's just trying to tell us it's a cool shot, probably. One, yeah. of, the, one of the things that uh, Tarantino said regarding Robert De Niro and staying in character off of what you were saying, Teague, was that if a dog had walked up, 
like just entered set yeah and walked up to Taron or yeah. walked up to Robert De Niro Robert De Niro would still be in that character when everyone else yeah. is broken he'd character. play with the dog yeah. he'd play with the dog as that yeah. character if the dog walks on set he doesn't go ah shit I don't know what my next line is yeah right. hey he's, there's a dog everybody he's just whatever fucking the character De Niro is playing <laughs> would do to that dog right. Robert De Niro will now do to that dog so you better be careful with the character Bob's playing when the dog walks on set right exactly <laughs> yep Danny Elfman's wife that's that, is it really? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I because I was like, oh, Bridget Fonda. Where the hell's Bridget Fonda been? She hasn't worked in ten years. That's because she married Danny Elfman and had his kid. I was like, you go, Danny Elfman. How, who knew? I was amazing. So yeah, Bridget Fonda. You know, I really I miss her. I miss her. She. I mean, she's she, she did Point of No Return, right? Yeah, that was yeah. Which is one of that's that's my the favorite. only that's the only other movie I can remember her. Yeah, in. she's she's. Did a lot of things, but never, you know, Point of Return was one of her few lead roles, which I think she's great in. I know it's a remake of La Femme Nikita, which is going to be better because that was French. But but I really think Point, Point of No Return is really good, especially because she's amazing in it. I think she's just amazing to watch. And, you know, it's just I, I saw Point of No Return as a kid and I know. saw La Femme Nikita as an adult. And <laughs> That's my fond memory of, of Point of No Return was better than my memory of, uh, of being an adult watching La Femme Nikita. Yeah. If if you haven't seen Point of No Return, and uh, you know if you think she's cute in this movie, check out Point of No Return. Hello, which I think is a very worthwhile movie. It's you know it's it's a remake, and so it's just doing. But I think it's really good. I think, but I think she's really quite something in it. But then she up and you know stopped making movies about ten years ago, and uh, and hasn't hasn't done one literally in over ten years now. I think. Um, but hey, there you go. For this long, extensive scene about talking about I was gonna, these I was, guns, yeah. does it ever really come up other than... No, well, what comes no. up... <laughs> no, the thing it's is... The I mean, yeah, the, the, I mean, the thing is, that's where he's... That's where he's got his pile of money from. The, the pile, the pile of money that is the the central point of the the movie. He's he's built all of that up from. I mean, other stuff, but but he really built it up fast from his gun trade, and that's why this came up. But it's 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 serving that plot function but it's also doing a lot in terms of characters spending a lot of time building these characters it's building these their relationship uh um, it's interesting you say that because this this scene totally confused my me on the character of samuel jackson well that's the thing because he's because bridget fonda says he's full of shit yeah now like the whole movie i'm not sure if i'm supposed to be like this guy's this is jesse pinkman he's got a picture of himself did you see that he's got a picture of himself on the fridge you never noticed that well that's just how sam jackson in the bathtub that's how he do I, I have a picture of Sam Jackson. Fridges just come with those, Anthony. I have one on yeah, mine. Yeah. No, but like I didn't know based on Bridget Fonda's comment whether he is meant to be. Uh, well, the, the the character here is this guy is a fucking doofus because he's just he's just saying shit about guns and she's like you know he doesn't know what he's talking about he's repeating what he saw on a tape. Yeah. It's like oh so he's not a real criminal. But then later he's a real criminal. No, he well he's both. He's, he's that well basically just that comment threw the character yeah. for me for the whole movie. It's uh, well it, it it adds. I can I can see that I think in a, in a way it's supposed to because he's not he's not as slick as he thinks he is that's that's kind of the point of of his character all all the way through he thinks he's super slick he thinks he's on top of it and and Jackie Brown is able to kind of run circles around him in the end as a result um, and every time they kind of come across each other you know he's He's always playing the the slick role, you know, when he when he's here with uh, Max Cherry and with everyone else, and he always tries to do it with Jackie, and she always like 
just <laughs> blows Shuts it up. Him down. Yeah. It never works. He tries to, you know, he tries to do the scary assassin thing and he can't do that. And every time he's talking to her about this, this heist he's doing, you know, he's, he, he tries to get on her like, well, this is my money. This is my plan and blah, blah, blah. And he always ends up on the defensive with her. <laughs> like she always ends up coming at him way stronger. And he goes, okay, just chill. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The character that I had the hardest time hooking into in this movie is, is Jackie herself. Why is that? Well, because the first like 45 minutes of the movie, I'm like, well, what's her deal? I mean, she's very neutral the first 45 minutes of the movie. Like, I know what you're saying, it's too. Like, it's like, is she is she mildly retarded? Is that what this <laughs> character is about? Because, I mean, she's just sort of like, yeah, now I'm in jail. Now I'm not in jail. Now I get caught. Now I'm not. Now I am. The now plot is dragging her around. And it's it's yeah. like, yeah. And it's like, and that's and that's one thing that, you know, she she takes a while to become proactive. Once she does the back half of the movie, then I'm like, oh, OK, she's actually smart. OK, she's actually smart and she actually has a plan. But the first half of the movie, I'm like, well, but that's deliberate. Who is right? that? Well, I don't know if it's deliberate. I'm just saying that for the not knowing, not having the cue cards for the first 45 minutes. I'm like, I don't really like the lead character of this movie because yeah. I don't know who the fuck she is. Mm-hmm. Who is this ineffectual person? Yeah, that things are happening. I mean, to. What, what is her story? I mean, why is she involved in this stupid thing? And, you know, how did she get into it? It's like, again, right. I, I don't need to. Uh, that's what they should have done. I'm just saying for 45 minutes, I was like, everyone else, I get what they're doing. And I, you know, understand what they're what the character is. Right. I didn't know what she was about. It's like, what is her thing? What well, is your what is her deal? Her soliloquy doesn't come until that uh, little coffee morning scene with Robert Forrester. Exactly. When yeah. she finally sort of says At who she apartment. is. But she's so neutral up until then that I just I was just kind of like boy for a title character I don't know who the hell you are yeah. lady and, and what's your story so so again you know that doesn't mean the movie sucks I'm just saying that for the first 45 minutes I was like okay every time we, every time we see the title character I get bored now everybody else is awesome and interesting but the title character is not interesting to watch mm-hmm. yet I didn't experience that I thought she was I thought she was really interesting I, to watch I, the whole time I had the well I had the same question I, as I was watching it the first time I was certainly like because uh, c- not only not only does she not like as you said there there's a turning point you know and it, and it's an important turning point and it gives us the reason that she is the title character obviously um but there is a turning point between events around her are pulling her around and she goes you know what i am sick of this shit i'm going to take charge of of the world around me and i'm going to, you know um and there's probably, you know, there's probably you can you can make an argument for the symbolism. The first time we see her, she's on a moving sidewalk that's moving her. The last time we see her, she's driving a car. You know, she's I'll, actually. I'll give you credit for I'll give you credit for pulling it out of your ass. <laughs> When's she, the turning point? I wonder if that was really his intention. I really don't think it is, but but I mean, I mean, it's there. You know, I could, it made for I a good red Write a fucking thesis about it. I'm sure. And, Get a master's degree. No, I yeah, read an um, I read an analysis. Whether says, it's true or not, you can get points for pointing it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's how. Film I read an analysis that said works. the point of that shot was to say, "Hey, everyone who remembers the Graduate, look at this exact same shot from the Graduate and just notice what's different about it." Black lady. Mm. It's about a black lady. <laughs> Which I don't exactly understand why that's <laughs> wow. I don't exactly understand why that's a meaningful. That's that's, that's a talk about a deep analysis. Although although we should we should. <laughs> What's different? <laughs> oh, black lady. Hold on, hold on. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Wait a second. We it's, should. It's uh, Pam Greer, isn't it? That's yeah, what's yeah, different. Yeah. We should point out for um uh, for those who don't know, this is based on a novel called Rum Punch by Elmore Leonard, and, and she was white. Um, and the character's name was Jackie Burke, and she was white in in the novel. Um, and he changed her race because he wanted to work with Pam Greer. Uh, specifically her. He, he, yeah, it clearly, wasn't, yeah. It course. wasn't, it wasn't just that he wanted to, you know, uh, you know, make it a black character, although that would have been fine, but it, uh, he specifically wanted to work with Pam Greer, but, yeah, but he didn't change any of the other races. So, so, or, Ordell was always black, although he was, um, in the book, he's, he's described as, 
a a like a light skinned black guy. He described as a light skinned black man, and and um, Lewis, his his partner in this movie, is a dark skinned white guy. So they're like a perfect you know, complement to each other. That's uh, fairly that. Norton Juster. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it's Elmore Leonard. That's just the way he. Yeah. Uh, but the world's tallest short man. Yeah. There's there's a whole. Uh, uh, and and there was a whole thing like Lewis actually worked for Max Cherry in the novel and and there was a bunch of uh, stuff that I was oh they have like a a whole they try and steal a bunch of guns the gun thing is more prominent in the book and they actually try and steal a bunch of guns from a neo Nazi like enclave oh, <laughs> and wow. it's like and I read that as I'm reading the book I'm like holy shit this is how this is how much more mature this movie is than any of the other Tarantino movies he didn't make that scene he didn't mm-hmm. make the neo-nazi shootout scene wow which, <laughs> which like, totally feels like Tarantino yeah just restraint there yeah. or true detective if not that yeah Shit. One of the one of the things he said he liked about the book a lot was just the fact that it had these mundane conversations that happened right. a lot throughout the book. Yeah, I, I, as much as it feels like a Tarantino movie, as much as these pe- characters talk like Tarantino characters, m- much of the dialogue is lifted straight out of the book. It's like yeah. they this they, is this is not improvised by Chris Tucker. Uh, a little bit. Uh, I think a little bit was improvised by Chris Tucker. Really? But mostly, it's. I can't mo- imagine Tarantino as being the kind of guy that let you do that with his movies well chris tucker is pretty bad with the scripts in general like he'll just improvise to compensate because he's so good at that huh. like he, he always had issues with jackie chan on rush yeah, hour i feel like that. i feel like he's pretty on it though um and they they keep him i, I think they i think a, they kept a tight leash on him yeah and I, but i think you kind of feel that he is improving a little bit it's like you know especially the 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 shot that's coming up where where uh, Ordell's trying to get. Yeah, in I think the trunk. Just, they can wing that scene. Yeah, so like, I mean, he's, he's he's in all of two sh- t- scenes. You know, practically two shots is all he's mm-hmm. in in this whole movie. <laughs> so uh, you know, it's like. Even, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Even if, yeah, this is, it goes on for so long. Yeah. I mean, Chris Tucker, Chris Tucker was there for a day. It looks like, you know, they had an insert of him with the call box. They got this shot here. They got the trunk shot, which could have been a shot anywhere because it's pointing up at the sky. You know, this is how you get a, this is how you do a cameo in a movie. This is, you know, just good filmmaking. You know, okay, I'm, how am I going to get Chris Tucker in here? Um, you can only come in for one afternoon. You don't even evening. see. You don't even see his apartment, so they didn't have to dress that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you could have just shot this on an undressed motel. Yeah, but but making making Jackie black actually changes a lot, and actually uh, goes to the the character that you're talking about because there's there's even more of a sense of um, you you add in the whole sense of the just being beat down by you know society and her position and, and they make a point of that you know when she's when she's picked up uh they go you know you're a you're a middle-aged black woman and they kind of emphasize that it's like there's yeah, with a record yeah with a record and, and that is a completely different conversation than a middle-aged white woman who just got picked up even with a record you know and so so there there's more it, it creates more tension you are, at, and more you are at risk of the world writing you off forever yes exactly um and so it you get a sense of her desperation and why she makes the the turning point to go. You know what? I've I, I've got to do this. I've been I've been keeping my head down. I've been just trying to go along to get along. I've been letting all these other people drag drag me around my whole life, and I'm fucking sick of it. And I'm not doing it anymore. And and that's when she makes her move. And uh, you know, and and n- not only on the kind of uh, racial level, but also on the the gender level. It's like she likes Max 
I think, the most because he's the only man in this movie who doesn't try to boss her around. Yeah. He just shows up and he's like, hey, what do you want to do? You want to get some coffee? Yes, let's do that. What are you doing? Oh, you you stole my gun? Well, that sucks, but I'm not... <laughs> yeah, really. He takes it rather well, I thought. <laughs> yeah, he takes it pretty well and he doesn't try to force her to do anything. He just talks to her. He's the only person in this movie yeah. who just talks to her and listens to her and treats her like an equal. And that's why... Um, and that's that's why she trusts him, and that's why the relationship works. This whole scene here, talking about, I mean, this scene to me was a very suspenseful scene because mm. it's like, dude, do not get in the trunk. This don't. <laughs> this is. Can you not see where this is going, my friend? Come on. I'll say that it didn't occur to me until the until the end of the scene. Yeah, no kidding, because I was like, right from the get go, I'm like, oh, don't. Even. I wish the scene had played that way for <laughs> dude. me, dude. Because that because then I it, wish that scene had played that way for me because that would be an awesome scene. Because yeah. then it being a long scene. The it's longer just, it's the unbearable. Scene goes, yeah, the more no, it was unbearable for me because I knew exactly where. Uh, it's like <laughs> the, the, I was gonna like Tarantino might be so clever that that's not where this is gonna go, and I'm gonna you know, and then he will have made me like get all tensed up, and then you know, next thing you know, Chris Decker pops out and then goes on from there. But uh, but I was like, oh, don't even get in the car, man. <laughs> don't get in the car. Don't get don't get in the trunk. Get in yeah, the don't get in the trunk. Yeah, just like car. refuse to get in the car. <laughs> Please refuse to get the game. Yeah. And and like you said, this is probably improvised and, and probably with exactly that direction. It's like, okay, you say whatever yeah. you can not to get in yeah. the car. You say whatever <laughs> yeah, you have You don't want to get, get in. in he has to get in and go. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine any of this is improvised. I really can't imagine Quentin Tarantino being Quentin Tarantino, you know, spending five years on his scripts and they're 400 pages long and shit. And he's in love with the sound of his voice. With he, people, he, like, he actually gets really loose when it gets on set. He he changes his like really. He's he's okay with things changing on set because yeah. for him it's like it's a constantly evolving process. No matter how much time he's spent on the script, when you get to set, he understands that it's going to change. It's like cool. it's, I mean, it's going to take on a life of its own. I would have expected him to be more precious than that. I think it's good. I mean, unless you're unless you're doing Shakespeare, I I, yeah. I think it's important to always you know be open to yeah. to playing and things. i think i th- i think it also depends on you know <clears throat> like we said there's 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 certain scenes where like the the diner scene in in pulp fiction you don't want to necessarily improvise that you've got to hit all the beats and kind of kind of yeah. get the back and forth and the banter going that scene that just happened there's literally like we said there's the one plot point yeah. there's the two points of conflict you've got to do this you've got to do that go oh i'm not saying just, i don't see the virtue of yeah. improv i certainly do i'm saying it's I'm surprised that Tarantino, who is so precious about his writing, would let actors do writing for him. I, I would imagine him being more the guy who's like, just read what I wrote. What I wrote is genius. I don't I don't get the impression that he is precious. He's a pretty humble. Well, that's guy, what I'm that's really what I'm though, hearing yeah. from you guys. It's just surprising. I would have guessed that he would be that way. Yeah, because well, because he's he's very particular. When they say the words that he has written, they are very particular words. So I can see how you would probably uh, assume that. But I think he's uh, he's happy to let people riff, up, uh, especially uh, you know if you. I feel like if you get Chris Tucker, although Chris Tucker wasn't Chris Tucker at the time, you know, he was just a, a dude. But he's not even he Chris Friday, Tucker. You know? he's, he's never did, been Chris yeah, Tucker. He was probably in Friday. Yeah. And he probably got him specifically yeah, because he was, he's like, I love seeing him just do that. You and Sam Jackson just do that for like an hour. The Jackie <laughs> the, Chan movies, he, he made him big. He made him very yeah, big. But the, but those yeah, but those were those were later. Those yeah, were like. But what he said, he yeah, said yeah. he was never anything. Yes, yes. He's like, no, he is now. He actually is considered a thing now. Yes, um, maybe. And shortly after this an actor was, I know. was the Fifth Element as well. So, yeah. well, yeah, it was Fifth um, Element and uh, Money Talks Money and Talks, other yeah. stuff. Yeah, Money Talks is what led to Rush Hour because that's what because that's when uh, they he worked with Brett Ratner. Yeah, and it's the whole gift of gab thing. I think people get Chris Tucker just to be like, okay, oh we're gonna turn the camera oh on him, oh and he's just gonna go. Oh my god, cool. Yeah. Well, I think you know that's 
why I mean I assume that's why Tarantino works with Sam Jackson all the time because yeah. like Sam Jackson speaks Tarantino. Yeah, you know it's like I just point the camera at Sam and he knows what I want and I know you know I love what he does and go was, go Sam. You know I mean, you can't go wrong there. But uh, you I, know. I was gonna say, isn't he like you know Tarantino's Jimmy Stewart? So to speak? kind of is yeah. I mean you know? it's like again what's the what's the track record? Has he been in every Tarantino movie or not every one? But it's like the way Tarantino talks about Sam Jackson and the way Sam Jackson reads his words. It's like it just sounds perfect to Tarantino's yeah. ears. Well, it's a, it's the yeah. same as a, a, and 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 vice versa. They've got kind of a, a you know a cinematic relationship. They've got a they've got a little bromance going on because and, and you see on the 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 behind the scenes of. Um, Django? I think it was no. I think it was as far back as Pulp Fiction, because um, but because he wasn't in Reservoir Dogs, but he read for Reservoir Dogs. Okay, and um, who did he read for? Uh, I I don't know probably, no, but he uh, Sam Jackson read for Reservoir Dogs, and and he you know he didn't quite get the part because it wasn't quite right for him. And then when they did Pulp Fiction, they actually you know the the part was for him because he was like oh my god i have to make sure sam jackson can get in my movie next time uh but yeah sam jackson was like listen just just any part <laughs> i will do it and i i think he's yeah i think since then uh with the exception of four rooms i think he's been in in everything tarantino's done even if it's only a little cameo like he was the you didn't even see his face but he was like the smoking uh, a piano player at the bride's he was wedding, a, he had a voiceover. He had, he had a voiceover in *Inglorious Bastards*. And the, yeah, <laughs> yeah it, exactly. how, do, how do we get Sam Jackson into *Inglorious Bastards*? Yeah. There must be a way. You know how he saw how he first saw Sam Jackson, right? Mm. Or at least my impression is that he saw him in *Goodfellas*. Oh yeah, Sam yeah, Jackson yeah. was the like only black guy that I can recall in *Goodfellas*. Yeah. And because Tarantino has this weird thing where he likes to borrow actors from Scorsese, sure. <laughs> and that's he got my uncle that way for um, four rooms. The, yeah. The weird thing is, is no, but but that wasn't Tarantino's seg- segment. That was uh, Rodriguez. But that's he's, he was like a well, producer that on sense, that. So. Yeah. The weird thing is, last night I just happened to, right after, not long after I'd watched this, I saw watching something on on uh, network and and Sam Jackson. You know, now he's the pitch man for Sprint or whatever the hell he's Capital doing. One. Capital, Capital One. Capital One. Yeah. And I was like, wow, he has turned into Jimmy Stewart. Now he looks like Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. And I was like, wow, because it's Sam Jackson's like pushing 70 or something yeah, I mean, he's, he's actually yeah. shockingly older than you might think but i was like he's starting to show it i was like wow that hey sam <laughs> you're starting to look your age there well he didn't he like, didn't he, he didn't hit you know big until he was like 40 yeah, yeah. he was like 41 when his first big turn happened. so this commercial really rocked me because i was like wow sam's you know when he plays himself he's a he's a elderly guy yeah yeah uh, well again the the uh robert de niro doing so much like we talked about it's like he just opened the trunk he didn't tell, you know, uh, Lewis what's in the trunk. He yeah. just opened the trunk with a kid's head blown off. And the way Lewis reacts, he's like, oh, anybody? Mm, huh, how about that? And he looks around. Well, he's like, anybody likely to see that? No. So, so that happened. So well, who is it? Well, yeah, really. So, okay. What's the story? <laughs> so who is that? Yeah. Yeah. One of the, uh, one of the things I've, I've heard it said about De Niro, it's generally true about many actors, but somebody said it specifically about De Niro that I recall is De Niro is, is just as good and just, goes to what you were saying kind of earlier is De Niro is just as good when he's listening to someone else acting. No. If you watch De Niro, watch another actor acting. And he, he's, I think De Niro said that, you know, really what I do is just listen to what the other actor is saying and try and, you know, because that's, that's something that is a mark of acting anyway. You're acting supposed to is like, reacting, yeah, yeah, you're supposed to like, if you're just waiting for the person's mouth to stop moving so you can say your next line, you can have a career that way. But if you want to be like really, really get there, you, you know, you have to, if the person says a different line, you should be able to say what 
your character would say and not the line that was scripted. Yeah. If you, you know, that's, I think I've I, heard Tom I can, Hanks say something similar about that where people always compliment him on how he looks. Like Tom Hanks thinks well yeah, on that, film that's, and he's and like, well, what I do is I just think. Yeah, I've always we've talked about that. that there, <laughs> there are just, actors I, that you can watch thinking. Do a math problem in my head or something. You can, like you can see an actor thinking you know, and 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 that's that kind of goes to my complaint about Pam Greer. The first half, I I don't see, I can't see her thinking. Nothing there. It's like, okay, yes, I understand that you're in this woman and trapped in a situation, but I don't see like the calculation. I want to see like what you feel about that, and I'm not getting a vibe of what well, do you feel the, about this situation. What when was the last time she worked before this movie? She hadn't worked a lot. This was you know Tarantino going. Also, I'm uh, going to do from a New York. Interve- no, that was later. That when she was back, she did uh, Escape from Los Angeles. All right, um, because she like this. She was probably a little nervous in making this movie, right? I would imagine. Over. I mean, this is you know, how, how she far hadn't carried a movie right since now? Black Mama, yeah, White Mama, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. You know? I, I'm I'm just curious as to um because because this is the first time we're seeing Jackie again. Yeah, exactly. For, and this is really you know, where the plot get going. You yeah. know, we had a lot of intro. We've had a lot of exposition. Okay. Half an hour. Uh, yeah, but, we're half uh, an hour in yeah. before we before she actually re enters like, the plot. Do you guys so. like Michael Keaton in this movie? I love Michael. I Keaton love Michael Keaton in this movie. Yeah. He's my favorite character. <laughs> he is, and and film. isn't it true that these two guys played the same guys in Out of Sight? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I know Michael Keaton, Keaton did. did. Yeah, yeah, Keaton did, but not this guy. But Keaton is the same guy because Out of Sight is also based on a Elmore Leonard and yeah. novel, and the character was in both novels. Yes. So <laughs> that's the Marvel universe that didn't happen. While we're on Michael Keaton, is it true that Beetlejuice two is coming? Uh, I they, hope not. They keep talking about it the same way they talk about Ghostbusters three. We'll so. see how Birdman does, no. and then we'll see if Michael Keaton's back or not. But although Birdman looks fantastic, I'm would, weirdly excited. Toe, for Birdman. so ready for. I that don't one. even understand why I'm excited for yeah. Birdman. But, but I see, like this scene especially is like okay, she's being busted for a pretty serious crime, and I don't know how she feels about it. Yeah, you know, I, agree. I, I, I totally agree with you. Is she? This I think is she's all jaded. Is the it's like she's just well, yeah. Well, yeah, I, well I'm, explanations for why her character is that way are all valid. I'm just saying, as an audience member, yeah. I'm Watching more. First time I'm more through, bo- I was just like, I'm what? more bored in this scene than I could be. She yeah. had a just little, based on the context of what I know and what she knows. Is she nervous? Is she hiding something else? Is this? I mean, later on, they do the whole thing where you know this money's the decoy. I'm I'm cool because you're supposed to find that. But I just I'm not just I'm not getting well, anything at the, this point. The fact I that see, she, the I fact see that she's a little not bit f- in her eyes. I see I see her going fuck. You know, she's, maybe she's trying not to show it, but but like, you also as know as, her as better as, than we did. We well, just saw the movie for the first time. I guess that's fair. I but, mean, when he pulls out, when well, she's she is doing stuff there. It's 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 certainly it's certainly very very little. Um, but like when he's going through the um, you know, he he pulls out the envelope and starts going through it. You see this just look of this really brief look of fear in her eyes as she's she's taking a drag off the cigarette. So there's 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 some stuff going on, but certainly she is deliberately playing it as she's just shutting down as much as possible because there is nothing she can do about this right i love michael keaton i, I think the fact yeah. that she wasn't like they weren't emphasizing her being scared is something in itself because in ev- any other film this kind of scene you'd see the character being nervous well, and- right but, but what i'm saying is the yeah. lack of a response doesn't give me any context because yeah, it could be that she's unflappable. It could be that she's just shut down. It could be that it could be that she's just not a good. Character. She's just not a good character. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the thing. It's like and without the, context. Unfortunately, I don't know what the scene yeah, is. Yeah, unfortunately, you can't tell if that's awesome acting or bad acting because there's just nothing to grab onto. It's like I was like. I was worried for the first half hour. It's like it's like, uh oh, you know, I'm not that familiar with the body of work of Pam Greer, but I know she mostly did exploitation films, you know. So I'm like, oh, did they hang an entire movie on a woman who can't act? Yeah. You know, I was a little concerned for the first 45 minutes until I was like, oh, okay, now she's now I get where she's going. But uh, yeah, it's not a matter of the acting choice; it's a matter of something about the directing, I think, or at least context. I wasn't clued into 
what her underreacting meant. Yeah. Exactly. So it could have been anything from. So me. I didn't. I just again. Yeah. I, did, I didn't know who is this character. I don't get what you know. Right. What is she showing us? What is the you know? I I just you know I didn't get it. I didn't understand. Well, and so again, the first half made sense after I saw the rest of the movie, but that made the first half pretty hard to get through in terms of like, oh, I'm totally invested in this character. Right. What's always interesting to me is hearing how Tarantino interacts with these people who aren't huge. Like he, after, oh, he, he kept, loved, he, he yeah. kept telling Pam Greer, "I got a script for you. I got a script for you." And he finally showed it to her. He's like, "So, is it, is it okay? Did you like? Are you interested?" He's like, "Are you fucking kidding <laughs> the me? The phone hasn't rung in a decade. Uh, you, you just me? made Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I right. haven't done much in twenty five years, yeah. and you just made me the lead character." And Robert Forster the same thing. Right. Like, like I was, I was looking at Robert Forster's credits because you sort of recognize him. Um, I think we all mostly recognize him because he was in two episodes of Breaking Bad. Yeah, but he hasn't. If you no, he was also Robert, he was also in Heroes. Oh yeah, which yeah, is yeah, oh right. okay, that was yeah. the TV show. Okay, yeah. but um, you know, but that's since obviously this is 1995. If you look at Robert Forster's credits, there's not a thing in there you've ever seen other yeah, than right. you know something there. So right, this revitalized. Yeah, his, but his I, I think I think you could go farther than saying it revitalized his career and put him career. in a whole new level, as it did with Pam Greer. You know, right. she went on to do many things and do TV shows and and things like. I mean, you know, there's no question that this put both of right. them back on and the he, radar, I mean, and he, that's great. He did the same with uh, Pulp Fiction. Did the same for Travolta. Exactly. You know, yeah. So I, it's like, well, it also did that for David Carradine a little bit. I mean, it didn't yeah, make David also, Carradine's yeah. career, but. But, it, yeah, was but, like, but, was, but he it, he gets these people who have kind of been out of the spotlight and yeah, he brings them back because right. he, he remembers them and he's like everybody else should remember them. They're like yeah. we totally should. You're That's right. right. Yeah. Let's keep doing. It. But the, the, um, no there was a conversation. Yeah, there was a conversation between him and David Carradine, and he was like he was checking in with David Carradine. He's like, is are you are you liking this so far? And David Carradine's like. Like, are you kidding me? This is like the movie of my career. Right <laughs> yeah. <now. laughs> but, uh, well, Pam Greer, you know, there was a, uh, there's a little anecdote that they, they tell, uh, in the behind the scenes of, because like you said, she hadn't really worked for a while and she, she figured that people didn't really, you know, know who she was or anything. So she gets called in to, to talk about Jackie Brown and she goes into Tarantino's office and there's a bunch of posters from like her, her exploitation movies yeah. up on the wall. And it's a, it was a great, it's a great line, um, in the conversation that they had. She walks in and she looks around and she goes, did you put these up? Cause I was coming over. And he goes, no, I, I was going to take them down cause you yeah, were coming over. Yeah. Kind of embarrassing. <laughs> wow. Like, for example, this, this part. I guess if that, I guess they're about to find the coke. Is that what's happening, or they yeah, already find the yeah. coke? Yeah, and she doesn't know it's there. Yeah, and again, I I didn't have an. I was like, well, I I watched the whole movie. I still don't know where that coke came from or what the deal was. I thought he planted it. It was it's a, a gift. No, yeah, no, it was a, it was a gift yeah, from the. It's a quiet. It, it, it's quietly explained, but basically, there's a quick reference to uh, when he's on the phone. <clears throat> And I love that this is the first time she legitimately reacts in any way. What's that shit? Right. <laughs> it's like the, the other times she's she's just chill. She's like, yeah. I know the I and know how you deal with with cops and blah blah blah. But but it is um, his supplier or or the guy who who helps him traffic his money is also a drug supplier. So he was sending a gift for Melanie. He was sending her some cocaine, but they didn't tell Jackie about that, and the, so that's why she got busted. I, and that's that's another part of her turning point to be like, fuck these guys. They're just like they don't care about me. Yeah, they just, I have they made me a drug mule. That yeah. wasn't part of the deal. I I think one of the things I think about about that is really the only everything would have been fine except for freaking Melanie. Melanie yeah. ruins everything <laughs> in this movie. And uh, so it's like it's funny how you know the person who doesn't seem like she would have any effect on anything is actually the instigator of just about everything that goes wrong. <laughs> like God damn it, Melanie. That's yeah, that's true. <laughs> the stuff you I can, never thought about that. The stuff you get away with just because you're hot. Golly. <laughs> 
People put up with a lot of stuff and, from hot girls, and but then eventually they don't. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> well, there's a, that's the whole thing. I mean, obviously we're we're still eight light years away from that one, but but the fact that I mean, I, I wasn't aren't we supposed to be triggered? Like, hey, they just gunned down a woman in a movie, and it was funny and uh, misogyny, and yet we don't. I don't know if I felt that way. Well, it, how I does mean, it? How does it avoid that? How does it? How did they dance around that way? Yeah, because, Be- it's, because it's true to the scene. It's true to the character. And right? and also the yeah, well, well raping also a woman is true to the scene too. Also, so, the yeah. fact that the character the character is not the the hero. It's like he is a bad guy. He has been, and and we're told from the beginning. I think and, that's the first time you the, see that too. Well, th- that's the interesting thing about it, and I was I was gonna say it also in the in the scene where he was looking into the trunk. Um, it's like you're you're kind of surprised by that because there were during the the kind of heist uh segment, like uh, Lu- Lewis is getting very very nervous and he's getting progressively more agitated until he finally snaps. Right. Yeah. Um. And, and but that scene is the first time that you really see him that side of him and yet again going back to how he's underplaying it it's like the fact that he is so chill is a is the clue that he is a dangerous man you know the fact that he is so chill when they're talking about this guy in my trunk i just murdered this guy and he's like okay that's cool and he's they should be worried by the lack of flaps (laughs) yeah exactly and the the fact that he just takes everything all this violence so much in stride and the fact that he's been in prison for you know four or five years that's very underplayed and you don't really think about it much because he seems like a sad sack and and all that stuff but then that moment happens and you go oh no this is a dangerous man and he has been the entire time um and i i think that's another thing that's that's really brilliant about the the that particular construction and and it is mostly uh tarantino's construction that's not the way that that lewis is uh in the novel that was that was uh kind of the way he was reimagined for this film so uh tarantino deserves the credit for that it's kind of interesting how all this uh jibber jabber with sam jackson is just chess for him because he's got the money that he can pay him right there on oh, the yeah. table the whole fucking time. Yeah. And when he finally gives up, he just opens up the purse like, fuck yeah. it, here. No, well, am he, I, am he I, didn't get to where he is by just putting the money on the table first. Yeah. He always didn't negotiate first. My my favorite my favorite bit But it feels is, like he's begging. It's uh, it's like he's begging, but it's his it's his tactic for yeah. negotiation. Well, my, my, fa- my favorite... If I wanted to hang on to 10,000, I'd try all the tactics, too. My, my favorite bit of, of his tactic is is literally, and, and, you know, Max calls him out on it. He's like, is white guilt supposed to make me forget i'm running a <laughs> yeah. business and 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 ordell acts it was yeah ordell, yeah exactly <laughs> ordell acts offended but at the same time he's like that was the last card yeah that's uh, well. <laughs> so here all right uh, god damn it all right. has to get paid i guess all right that's fine can't say i didn't try shit here you go. i mean of, of all people i mean i mean possibly even more than cops i would imagine bail's bondsmen have heard every story there is <laughs> oh yeah wow yeah you know i, I agree with that <laughs> It's like, so how's your boy in prison? Well, you see, he, it only looks like he was carrying 18 tons of cocaine in a, in a semi truck because what really happened was. Yeah. And, he, and, and you get that from him. He, he doesn't talk about it that much. I mean, the, he, he, it gets more, much more into it in the book. Like, uh, you actually see Max going out and doing the bail bondsman thing and, you know, picking people up and tracking him down a little bit and stuff like that. And there's just sort of a reference here to 
you know, he talks about I was sitting in somebody's living room. Yeah, I lo- actually, going, I was about to was pretty, like, I was like, wow, that's and, I, and that's and but that's actually like a scene in the book. Like, is him yeah. doing that? He's thinking about Jackie, but that's like an action he's doing. And then, so you're actually there in that scene when he is going, "What am I doing?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, but I like that it's it's uh, put to here, and you just get a, a sense of it, and you get a sense of it from how he. How he interacts with Ordell. Every time Ordell comes in, he's like, no, it wasn't like that. And he's like, I don't care. Just do you have the money or not? I don't, I don't really care what it was like. Like, just, just let's get down that, to business. I actually like, really like that monologue he has about explaining why he doesn't want to be in this business anymore. Yeah. Um, I was going to well, ask. Well, that's, that's, that's the inverse of what we were talking about as well. It's like, he's the only person that Jackie can trust and, and she opens up to and he does the reverse right, with he, her. He you opens know? up to her too. Um, do you think that scene would have been helped at all by making it a bit more visual, showing that scene while he was talking about it? Because it's like Maybe. it's totally breaking the rule. It's like you, you, they're talking about yeah. it instead of showing it. You know, it's a it's a visual medium, and yeah. it's all like on his face while I talk. And you see like what's going on in yeah, his but eyes. Tarantino doesn't really embody show don't tell. Yeah, yeah he, he likes to Tarantino's go the other way more tell don't show. Possible. Quentin, uh, yeah, I, I agree tell with you. Like, yeah, that's the normal thing you would go. Yeah, any sane filmmaker would have shown us that because that's a great scene although as as it plays out there's no payoff to that scene what you would get is a guy sitting on a couch and then not sitting on a couch anymore yeah. so visually if you did it as as written you know you would kind of like well, okay what am i supposed to get from the, that well i think the you could have shown is, it over his monologue sure you could have but the thing is the more that the the point of that scene yes I think I think show don't tell is is an important kind of maxim philosophy. Uh, sure. However, um, I think it's worth pointing out that uh, it's one of the rules Tarantino knows how to break. Well, no, but it's yeah. not just that. the 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 point I'm 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 trying to articulate is that um, show don't tell applies to what you are trying to accomplish in the scene, and you're not trying. What is being shown in that yeah. scene is not it's, him going in and sitting on a it's couch. It's What's a, being shown in that scene is, is Sam connection. It's, it's what he, it's what he feels about this story he's telling. It's, it's what a, it, it's what he feels and how that's affecting yeah. their relationship. And it's so a, it's yeah. show it, it's and it's he's not talking about that. He's saying he's not saying I feel very close to you. I feel like I can trust you. They are showing that when you order when by you, having if, him tell the, her the, the story. scene of you ordering food at McDonald's isn't a scene about the hamburger. It's a scene about what you want. Right, and so, and I've I'd never really thought about approaching the show don't tell Maxim that yeah. way until articulating that just now, and I think that's a I very think you're right. Very the, you know, the, you're advancing the form. Man. The important <laughs> information isn't isn't how he sat on the couch and had the gun. The yeah. important information is that I just realized my life is bullshit and I don't want to do this right. anymore. Yeah. So. This this is the one moment where I'm like I'm not I'm not on board with because I, I know what's supposed to be happening here. I get it, but I'm like <laughs> I can't even see her. I don't <laughs> yeah. understand why he's attracted to her in this moment. Because there are moments in the film where, like, where I thought, "Wow, she's really, she's really pretty, and she's very attractive." But this isn't this isn't one of those scenes. She's you can't spends, even see her. Yet. You can't, she's yeah. in the shadow no, most of the time. I'm like, "How is that? Why did you fall in love with her in that moment?" I fell in love with the back of a woman's head once. I I, I <laughs> totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> and then she turned around, and well, it was a dude. No, and then she no, and then she turned around and became my girlfriend for three years. Oh. But it was the back oh. of the head. I was like, "There she is!" And I, I swear to God, <laughs> I, it was, she's got a good frequency. It was like a super like power. signal. Was, Whatever that is, it was but, the craziest thing. But I, but I I think there's there's something to be said for that. It, it, it's possible that the the whole point is he's not. It's not that he was attracted to her because of of how she looked. He was attracted, you know. He saw there was how just she was something walking. about he her. Saw how she was kind yeah. of broken down by the world, and he felt some kind of connection to her there. Uh, and that was, yeah. you know, he saw because he couldn't see really her body. He saw her spirit or whatever, however you want to put it. It's like I think that's what that I the idea is there that he fell in love with. 
Something about Bob Forster looks like a cartoon in a book for very young children. <laughs> just his facial proportions. He's got that like sort of sweet he old man face. He, he, just something about the size of his eyebrows, the size of like the space between his nose yeah. and his lips. Twenty more years. Size of his eyes. Be, Twenty more years. He's gonna be the guy from Up. Yeah, he's yeah. just got like he just looks like he's the the like the goodly neighbor old guy in a book for two year olds that your mom like yeah. reads and there's no there's no words, just pictures. Go next like, door to Mr. Johnson if there's problems. I can imagine him being uh, created very very vi- vividly in pastel. Is what I'm saying. I, I could. <laughs> He also he also appeared in the uh, in the movie. A lot of going uh, out on a limb on this episode. Yeah, really. What he, the hell? He also appeared in the movie uh, D Wars or Dragon Wars. I don't know. I, I, don't I know did not. You no. could be making that movie up. As no, far as yeah. I, how did this crowd not see that? What movie? did he do in Breaking Bad? It was bad. so bad. He, he was, was a the, uh, gun runner guy. He was no. no. You know, he was the guy who vacuum who, shop, right? He was no. He was the guy who the vacuum who, shop. Yes, but. He was the guy who too makes you disappear. Oh, yeah. yes, that's, that's right. right. Oh, he was awesome in that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's, he's, he's playing this guy. Right. That's what this guy did. After <laughs> I did, this is clearly what Robert Forster's character did once he got out of the bail bond business. Who better to teach you how to disappear than Robert than Forster? Robert Forster, because he was the guy. Who, he's the guy who used to have to find you when you disappeared. So, and I think that's. I think somewhere in there, that's the logic of it. Is like, yeah, he's totally. It's the same guy. Let's just get Robert Forster. That'd be <laughs> perfect. But yeah, he 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 played the. Um, the Obi-Wan kind of character because there was something magical about the fucking dragons and stuff, of course. And he meets this kid and he's like, it's, he's in a kimono and shit. It's crazy. It's hilarious. Um, her <laughs> force in a kimono in a dragon movie. <laughs> I'm trying to get my head around that. It is amazing. That movie, that movie is so bad. I like it. It's called D Wars. It's called, it's I've called Dragon title. War D War or something. Yeah, it's, I've heard it's the title. So bizarre. And it's like, cause the, these, and they're really just giant snakes and it's like, there, there's this disaster movie and it's a disaster movie and it's kind of like an asylum movie. It, it, the most amazing thing is every time it goes back to the police who are trying to deal with the situation, it's like they know less about the situation <laughs> than they did in the previous. It sounds like we need to do that movie. Yeah. No, I, I think I, I would have almost liked this, the sort of how this plays out between him and, and Jackie better if we didn't have the scene, the slow walking song scene where he falls in love when she's walking at him. If he just says you want to get a drink because he's a nice guy, and over the course of this conversation he falls in love with her, I would buy more because I kind of Anthony's same thing with that shot where it's like, okay, so we're just sort of arbitrating that he fell in love with her because she's walking in a way that he. I likes. don't know if I would say fall in love with her. I mean, obviously, the, the, whatever, the, smitten. The, but yeah, well, just yeah, he's, he's interested. There's something. There's something about her. So he says, yeah. I want to get. You know, he doesn't know more. He doesn't ask all the people he he picks up to yeah. go for a drink. You know, there's got to be something there. For, yeah, I just I feel that. like that well, should that that revelation should have happened after he had talked to her. The um, was well, I guess it's throwing back to or at least was what you see, classically see in old romance, but um, I fell out of, oh when when he was talking about um, when he decided to give up being a bail, bondsman, mm. the only flashback moment that they show is that moment when Jackie Brown and him meet for the first time, mm. and after that they go back to the yeah yeah right. So I'm starting to wonder if all that other shit he said really had anything to do with him wanting to give up. Right. Oh, they, that that's a good point too. You know, it's I thought like, th- I thought that was the point of the scene was that he's lying. The reason is he wants to quit is because Jackie. Uh, I, that's, I that's what it, I got from it first read. Right. I yeah. I think I think that that's certainly in there as well. There's there's certainly that aspect of of because because I get that out of it as well. But I I think that's that really did happen. You know, the the bit of him sitting alone in the living room with a gun or whatever. I think that that is something that really happened, especially now having read the book. It's like, oh, well, th- that scene really happened uh, in the book, although Tarantino could have just used it as inspiration. But I think, yeah, Jackie, Jackie is the reason and he can't bring himself to say that. So he's talking about this 
other right. thing that happened recently. He basically he had already decided he didn't want to do it, and then he went and did the living room thing, and he's like, okay, for sure though, I right. do not want to do this. Right. Going back to the the whole thing about how Tarantino's like super humble with people, it was interesting. I I, heard, I vaguely remember him um, approaching the writer and talking about how he wanted to make her black, and he was I think he was nervous about it. Oh yeah. And the writer's like, you can do whatever you want. You're Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Elmore, Elmore Leonard loved yeah. this. Yeah, I can't he, even he imagine so. Great. Yeah. Because he, he was, he apparently, as an author, and, and you know, not every author is like this. Certainly a lot of authors are very precious about their, their writing. But he was totally like, Shh, I don't care. I wrote the book. It's there. Yeah. People can read it if they want. You do your thing with it. Have fun. <laughs> this is a, I just read that about uh, John Scalzi. He wrote the book Red Shirts, which is being turned into a TV show. Uh, he, he said that one of the studio or, or production people called him to go, hey, so uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the you know, way we're adapting the thing. He's like, oh, yeah. I says, she says, um so uh, we're going to make uh, some changes uh, for the show, different from the book. And he was like, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> duh. I figured. Yeah. And she was like, and she said, he quoted her as response. Because she goes, oh, good. I can talk to you. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of that thing like, yes, we paid you a huge lump, lump sum of money to turn your thing into a TV show. And we're going to do things yeah. with it. And apparently some people lose their shit. But, uh, but this Scalzi wasn't one of them and Elmore Leonard wasn't one either. He's like, I, yeah, jeez. What else did he write? Uh, get, Old get, Man's War? Uh, get Shorty was in Elmore Leonard, wasn't it? Yeah, we're talking Wait, about Elmore Or Scalzi or who? Yeah, we're talking no, about no, Scalzi or Elmore Leonard. Uh, Scalzi is a non-sequitur yeah, back to he, Elmore Leonard. I think you're referring to Elmore Leonard. Um, Elmore Leonard. Yeah, yeah. Elmore Leonard. Didn't Shorty. he write Get Shorty? He wasn't did. that another one? And, and also no, whatever whatever Out of Sight was based on, whether yeah. it was called Out of Sight or whatever else, that was an Elmore Leonard. I don't think I finished that movie. Um, get Shorty? No, um, Out of Sight. Out of sight. Uh, After um, the booty scene, it's, you know, there's nothing really to hang out to. He wrote Twister? No, he didn't. Really? I assume. I mean, <laughs> did he really? No, no. Be Be Cool is a sequel to Get Shorty, so I assume there was a book that that was based on as well. Was there a movie Liar? called Be Cool? There was a movie called Be Cool. Okay, yeah, that so. makes sense. Get Shorty feels totally different than this movie. Well, it was a different, nah, you know, different, different stuff, setting, but it's it's uh, again. Check me on this. I I'm not an Elmore Leonard expert. No, but I'm, I'm, in my I'm brain, I think correct. he wrote. Yeah, it he's. I mean, like he's, he's 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 a very uh, he's a you know he's a very specific kind of novelist. People, you know, as a, as a novelist, people you know admire him. People who love his stuff love his stuff. Um, apparently, he he's uh, dialogue, especially yeah. you know, it's, which is why which is why you know probably Tarantino. The only time Tarantino ever adapted anything is this, and it makes sense that as you said, yeah, people with a voice, as you, as you said, you know. Some of this dialogue is from the book, and yet it feels very Tarantino-esque. Well, you know, that's not probably a coincidence. That's probably that's, you why know, Tar- he did it. Tarantino, yeah. you know, the, like the story goes about Kubrick when he was trying to figure out a, a, what movie he was going to make next. He, he'd sit in his office with a huge stack of books, and his assistant talked about how hearing every 10 minutes would be this thud. Yeah. And that's, that's Kubrick throwing the, you know, reading 20 pages of the book and throwing it against the wall and picking <laughs> up the next one. And she knew he was onto something when the thud stopped, and that was The, mm. the Shining. But... Um, but uh, you know, so it's just like you know, you're going okay. I need to. I can. I can adapt anything I want because I'm famous and hot right now. No, huh. no, no. Hey, this feels like me already. I think I'll I'll, I'll look at this one. So. In the chat, Herc says apparently Elmore Leonard wrote the short story that was turned into 310 to Yuma. Which oh, okay, that means well, he'd be around been around a long, long time. Yeah. Like to because 310 to Yuma was 50s, I believe. All right, so I didn't understand the point of the light thing. Like I knew what Sam Jackson was trying to do, but it wasn't slick. Well, all. I, well, again, yeah. the, that's the whole point. It's like he thinks he's slick and he's not. Yeah, and she's like, "This is going to shoot way, me." I know but, it. 
It was. It's like it was established that he was slick when he was with Chris Tucker. He managed to like twist his arm to get into well, the that's trunk. Well, that's just because Chris Tucker's that, an idiot. That, that, to, me that, to me, that more indicated that Chris Tucker is so not slick. Because yeah. like, again, I was like, dude, don't, whatever you do, <laughs> don't get in the trunk, man. Right. This is, right here I agree with you, though, Anthony. Right I, here I, seeing, I get mixed signals on Ordell the whole movie. Right here, yeah. You're supposed to, I, th- I think. Um, right here, you're seeing yeah. the Tarantino come in and and kind of be Tarantino and, yeah, and, the, is, and the 70s feel again because who does split screens nobody since the 1970s yeah. that, well, other than that's, Tarantino. that's one of the things that, and it's a mystery that uh, we may never know the answer to but it's true of any movie is I see stuff like that and that's when I go hello Sally Menke mm-hmm. um, because I, I see her like taking these mounds of footage and kind of going okay but when do we get the piece of information in that she has the bounty hunter's gun? You know, I was like, oh, there's no way. Do we? If we cut to him, it's just no. That didn't work. Fuck it, just do a split screen. And and there, I think there's there are times when Tarantino gets Tarantino gets credit for like, oh look at the amazing artful way he suddenly what a went splashy to, style went choice. to this you know this this <laughs> kind of style choice. It's more like you know this is just the easiest way. I kind of. Sh- you know, I kind of shot myself into a corner there and I had to get that information in. So I just said, you know, what the hell? Why don't we just burn it in in the corner and, you know, in a cloud or something like that? And I, but, but those are, <laughs> and it happens many the, times. I have the script here. I'll check it. Yeah. And it but, happens. But I mean, cer- certainly he is, and he is acknowledged. He is like, oh man, she has yeah. saved my ass. Cause I see that to me. And she I, passed, you know, she passed away, right? She did. Yeah, Unfortunately, she did. tragically, yeah, just a couple of years ago. So Django is the first movie that she didn't edit for him. Um, the, I see that several times because there'll be like, the, the movie doesn't have a style as far as like, here's what the title card looks like. But every so often there'll be a random title card. Right. And every so often there'll be a random what time is it card. But that's not a style that's carried through the whole movie. It seems like just they need to, they need it to literally say just shows up like, look, okay, we just need to tell people this right now. And so put it on the screen. And it's not a motif. It's just, by the way, it's 4.15. It's literally yeah. an editor's note. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, why, yeah. Do you, why do you need but to know the, that? The, the split screen is is definite, is in the script. It's written in? It's written but, in. But why but, do you uh, need to know? Okay, so. so but but it's not all the time. Certainly selling. Well, but so, so the idea. Okay, so so that's. Then it's it's not Sally Mankey. Okay, fine. It is Quentin. Quentin recognizing like, okay, I need to some. I don't want to tip that she's got his gun because that kills all my suspense yeah, in the scene. But I don't want to go. By the, you know, I don't want people to be wondering, well, where she get the gun if she had a gun yeah. all along? What the hell? And be thinking about it. So literally, just, all right, I just do a fucking split screen. Yeah, and and uh, just and just do it. You which know, is just arbitrarily, which is, which is fantastic because she, yeah. you, you're not losing the tension of the scene by cutting away from it. Um, like you said, you're not you're not diffusing it entirely by showing her steal the gun in the first place, and you're not distracting the audience, going, "Where the hell did this come from?" For the rest of this scene, yeah. b- by only explaining. Also, what's it the later. providence of that script? Because is, is that a production draft or is that a yeah? This is the published draft after the movie because those are always fishy. Then, uh, yeah, to, it's like the novelization. Yeah, of the it's like the novelization. Oh no, of the no, to, to this is this is a production draft from. All right, good enough. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but well, you go, Quint. Got all pawn stars there for a second. And Tar- you got Providence on this, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Tar- I mean, to, but to be fair, Tarantino is is, um, and, and again, this is something that you can you can read the scripts and see it. He doesn't give a fuck. Like if if he wants to put yeah. in a title card, he just will. And that's and, and that's and what I'm saying. Written yeah. those in, and, and I think somewhere you know, probably there's somewhere in those between there's I mean, there's a crossover. Yeah, you know, yeah. Sally Mankey often would you know I think I would suspect at time knowing that that's fair. Yeah, knowing it's like hey, so yeah, I tried to make sense of that uh, you know that that uh, scene, and I was like, you know what, I think we need to kind of keep telling people what time it is. Like yeah, sure, put that in. Again, the fact that 
oh, well, see, if we do it one time, it'll be this weird sore thumb. Yeah. Clearly, that does not bother Quentin. No. <laughs> Quentin will go, I'll just do that. You know, sure. It's, it, I just, it's all about just getting through this moment and making the audience go, okay, I get what's going on. That's fine. Um, just like, to you know, surely someone has asked him, okay, wh- when Uma Thurman does the square, what the fuck was that, man? But it's a thing he did. <laughs> and for his answer reason. is, I thought it was quite cool. I thought it was kind of cool. It was like, I thought, you know. It, it occurred to me that I could. Normal people don't do that because there's a reason for it, but you just freaking did it. It's and ADD. It's, it's just, it's, it's crazy that you get away ADD. with that. But I wanted okay. to make sure you saw a square. Yeah. Do you get it? I wanted to see yeah. it. No, let me just draw the square. There's a square. Yeah. <laughs> just like I think they should see a square there. To this day, that's the thing that makes me go. I, Pulp Fiction's okay, but that did, did you see when she drew a square in space? I mean, just what the <laughs> hell? That movie? No, fuck that movie. No, it's over for me. <laughs> but um, no, but, I, th- I thought so, okay, I, so, so I, I associated that square with them being on drugs for some reason. I don't that know too. Why. That's certainly the case. But uh, I, but I again, didn't have that, but, but again, you it. could you could. It's like if he if he really wanted to play that up, he well, would kind a, of he would kind of make those things happen constantly. But he just did it once. Which he just he did it once, it was, and it's it a fun. total fucking aside. <laughs> like yeah. it's not like this is a scene where she talks about the square. She just like she says something. She's like that's that be about square, and like that's she, she just said like that's how I feel about it. Or it's just like a tossed away side note where it's like what we just introduced this whole graphical element. Yeah, for yeah. a thing like a line that could like in other takes that line wasn't there. Yeah. She said it in that take. It's just a random fucking line. <laughs> Why did you draw the box? Why is the square there? I yeah, I know. It's like <laughs> people have puzzled over this. That's I I Pulp Fiction loses 15 points of its total because of that shot for me. And I'm not the only <laughs> one because I saw it on a on a on a list the other day of like, you know, it's all about, you know, movies that have like one weird thing and someone went right to that. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and I was like, okay, so it's not just me. That's fine. No, that's I, always a, th- I always thought it was fun as a weird affectation. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, but, but, I, but I'm not a fan of weird affectations. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so no, but that's, I, I had roommates in college. I mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Pulp Fiction. That That's the thing. It's, it's either to your flavor or not, because yeah. Pulp Fiction is just a mountain of weird affectation. See, I, and that's why people love it. Well, and. Meanwhile, the people who love it about love that it. that same kind of shit happens about eighteen times in Kill Bill, but it buy but I buy it in that context sure. because Kill Bill is just a blender of like whatever the hell I thought of that day all <laughs> yeah. thrown into the movie. You know, it's and it's eighteen different styles. There's and a black and white genres. scene in that movie, isn't there? There's, There's a, a cartoon, cartoon scene. There's an anime scene. Yeah, I mean, right. uh, again, Kill Bill, anything goes. I mean, if 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 in Kill Bill, if Uma Thurman had drawn a square in space and then stood on it to, to cut someone's head off, I would have been. That's fine. <laughs> she draws <laughs> the stair steps. It's that kind of movie. <laughs> she just draws these stairs. Steps exactly. on the screen and then you're, walks up them. You're absolutely right. I'm thinking of that. I'm like, yep, fits. Yeah. Totally would. There's yeah. a scene in Kill Bill where she's standing on the tip of a guy's freaking yeah. sword. Yeah. So it's, it's like, you know, that, yeah. movie, is that, that movie is that movie. Part, no. Pulp Fiction didn't strike me as being that kind of movie. So the why, yeah. why is Kill Bill your favorite? I don't understand. Just because I like the Kung Fu. Yeah. That's it. That, that's really. And and because because of. Um, I like how simple and direct it is. It's very easy to under. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Tarantino movie with an obvious saleable premise. Which most of them don't have. Yeah. Inglorious Bastards has one, and Kill Bill has one. Yeah. Everything else is sort of like just watch these characters be really cool for so, a while. So again, by the way, we're we're um we're kind of talking over <laughs> this this whole the, the the coffee scene conversation. The the moment I I think that it was actually the last night. It was when she held the gun on Ordell that it was like. Oh, she's a character now. She's not gonna yeah. let. She's yeah, not, no longer. Finally, be I'm like, around. okay, well, now I finally get a point of view from this character. Yeah. So, so from here on out, like I said, I, I, if I was gonna, if I was gonna be, you know, Sally Minky Jr., I would kind of go, okay, so how much of this first 45 minutes can we lose mm-hmm. now and still make the back half make sense? But, but she's he. Their conversations are the only time that she is not trying to play some kind of game. She's not playing him. Yeah. He's not playing her. Um, they're they're both on equal footing. 
Um, and, and that's the only case that that exists between two characters in this movie. And, and that's where it's fascinating because they're building a romance between these characters without ever doing well, anything doesn't romantic. Play games that's else. what they're doing. Hmm? He's not playing a game with like Samuel Jackson. But he's not sweet well, to anybody he, well, yeah, else. He, well, he's a little bit because he's got to kind of keep some emotional distance, you know, because he's he's got to watch for whatever Jackson's play is. You yeah. Know, like I said, he's a bail. With everyone else, he's a bail sponsor. You know, you know, this, maybe, I'm, running, I'm running a business, so I'm always on the lookout for somebody's maybe, bullshit. Maybe yeah. the better and way I'm to put it is. I'm not going to give you away all my information either. They're, they're, the pair of them is the only pair of any characters in this movie that is an unguarded pairing. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. exactly. Sure. I can see it. But they're just like, oh, this is like a person I can just talk to. That's so awesome. You know, yeah. Where do I get that? Yeah. Now, Nowhere. Here's another thing. And this. Because I, because everyone's got their affectations. It kind of goes back to what we we're talking about. It's like Sam Jackson is putting up a front in that opening scene. You know, yeah. uh, uh, Lewis is putting up this this huge chill front when he's a, this extraordinary. Yeah. He's actually a seething guy. maniac. <laughs> yeah, that. exactly. Um, everybody is putting up a front. And this is the only time their fronts get to come down. And that's how their uh, that's how their relationship kind of blooms and i think that's that's a fascinating way to do it did it bother either of you that this was all done in profile it's it's weird but it's took me out a little bit but you know when he enters the first shot when he walks into her house is this dead-on like elevation shot (laughs) of the side of forrester's head and i remember thinking whoa wes anderson how you doing well it just came off of that shot when sam jackson left it was the same exact shot Uh, i forgot about that but you might be right but it's distracting me that she's got this moment where she's opening up and explaining why she's the way she is. We can't see her face. And we can't see her. Yeah, it's all from the side of her face. It's like, why did you do that? I was, yeah, it's, it's not so much that they're cutting from profile to profile. It's just like, I wanted to see faces a little more. I would have, you know, I, you know, I wasn't there 15 years ago when this was shot, but, uh, you know, it's like, you know, she's good. You know, she's, she's doing some good work there. I would have, re- I'd, like, line, yeah. I'd like to see like both eyes if that's possible, you know. Um, now, here's a, but d- then you never, again, I, you know, I guess he will He's we'll never know, but it's like sometimes, you know, you get an editorial and you go, you know where she really landed it was in that full on weird side so far, shot. Yeah. You know, I was like, well, if we're going to go with that, then we're kind of stuck with Bob doing the same. Otherwise, it's going to cut funny. So I just, let's make that the scene. It's uh, it's parallel, parallel. I love how Michael Keaton just behaves. Yeah. He's like Bill Blazjowski became a cop. Yeah. Which is so great. And if you don't know that reference, then rent Night Shift immediately because uh, the He's just jittery. But yeah. The, the, the profile thing could, you, you could also, you know, make the argument. Maybe, maybe his thing was, you know, creatively, it's like, this isn't about them opening up to us. It's about them opening up to each other, you know. You're whatever. good at, you give good Tarantino. Yeah. <laughs> that's such a fucking Tarantino you're, thing for you to say. Yeah, that's <laughs> such a film school. Yeah, your, your dissertation on this movie is, is half written. I already. can imagine him saying that, like, and he's yeah. waving his hands while he's saying yeah. it, man. Yeah. <laughs> See, what I was trying to go they're for. They're not trying to open it. They're what talking Sally, to each other. What Sally told you. me. It's not about you, man. What Sally told me i had been doing right. in that scene when we yeah, got it right. together well that and that that is part of it too you know the the it, it's entirely possible that that's what he was feeling in the <laughs> moment and he Tarantino could not have he yeah. could not have he might not have been able to articulate it but he might have just been like this feels right it doesn't feel yeah. right being here it feels yeah. right being and that's here. And that's perfectly fine it's it's you know again he, this is the guy who you know Thurman drew a square in space so you know obviously he's like ah that's how i felt it and that's and that's fine and it's i got no problem with that it's just you know Anthony was the one who raised the question, like, isn't it kind of weird that we're, yeah. you know, how, yeah, yeah, how yeah, do you yeah. feel about that? And it's like, my yeah. answer, yes, it's, yes, it's, it's, <laughs> I see what you're doing. You know, I don't hate you, but, you know, I just, just I, found, I found not, it distracting. Yeah, it's not working for me. I, I didn't buy into 
him opening mm. her opening up to him at <laughs> yeah. all. It's like I would have felt that more if it was. If on you were like face. Spielberg, he would have started to shift. It starts parallel, parallel, and then yeah. starts sure. to s- move together and and start to cross. I mean, you know, again, that's like film school one hundred and one stuff. But uh, you know, it's not like it's bad if you do it. Back to the Keaton here. It's like I was really struck because Keaton's been also talking about someone who's been off the radar for a good long time. Yeah, and this obviously was a long time ago, relatively speaking. But it just it made me realize like I, I just Michael Keaton is good. He's so good. And and to see him play this kind of character, this character's just got this energy that's just so pent up that just gets he can't even like walk down a hall without his exploding in all directions. <laughs> and, yeah, and I and I love that character and he spent most of his career being that character. Like I said, his his big debut was in Night Shift, where he I mean, he enters the movie Night Shift just like Jack Black enters the the record store movie the high fidelity uh, high fidelity literally literally the same way he comes bursting in through a door and just like like blows blows the doors off a scene and everyone just watches him do it that's how he enters night shift too that was like hello this is a new actor named michael keaton you might enjoy him um and he just he just comes in and and just wow who is this guy and he was that guy on beetlejuice and everything else and it was very interesting and one of the main reasons why people were like he'll batman oh it's a tragedy is because he went exactly. <laughs> he went exactly the opposite direction. The for more Batman. things change. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when he played Batman, it was all about stillness, and suddenly he just he wasn't moving anymore. He would just stand there, and when he was Batman, he would stand there. But as Bruce Wayne, he would just stand there and look and react. And we'd never seen him do that before. So we're used to him being the electric guy. Yeah, exactly. So so seeing this was so, so refreshing. So it's kind of like, like people saying it was kind of like if they had announced Jim Carrey being Batman. That's like, absolutely. Yeah, it's exactly what that was. <laughs> like. And then he does the majestic with a with a mask on. Yeah, yeah. It's just like why what. What? So, did you like Batman when it first came out? Uh, yeah, but I had nothing invested in it. I was like, eh, a movie about Batman, which is about a guy who dresses as a bat, I guess, which is a thing some people like. That'll never catch on. Yeah, it's like, I, you know, I, it was fine. It was, you know, there was, it was pretty, and, and Jack Nicholson was fun, and, and uh, you know, and it was a thing, you know. It was like the law. You had to see that movie. So Robert De Niro, he's amazing. But, uh, but I, I was... One of the things I really liked about this movie and made me, you know, go, oh yeah, it's like it's like I love I love frenetic Michael Keaton, you know. I just love that he's that that thing where he just can't sit still. I just I like him when he's in that mode. Like he keeps shifting, like crossing his legs in different ways and yeah. shit. He's leaning over. It's what, what's the TV show he did? He he did recently, not not recently, but it was a few years ago. Uh, Keaton, yeah, um, Keaton. He was the lead guy on Breaking Bad. <laughs> yes, Heisenberg. Yes, that's right. That's no, you had a huge show. Oh, uh, it was him the whole time. <laughs> I don't. Remember. I don't remember. I don't Keaton remember the TV, TV show. Uh, I think it was a cable show. I want to watch it now. Yeah, I like. I like watching Michael Jeter. I was. Just, no. I was just going to ask Gita. if it was like if he behaved the same way in that show. I, I think he's been. Uh, we'll see. I'll, I'll. I'll see what it is. But if it were, if it was a drama, I would imagine not. Probably. Yeah. So there's a lot of. What's weird is. It looks like at the time, because when I watch movies these days for the show, I'll go back and watch the read the contemporary reviews in addition to everything time, else, yeah. just to just to get the sense of like how did this hit? Like at the time, like people like it was weird to go back and do that for like like Return of the Jedi, because or even Empire, where it's like people like nowadays people talk about Empire like everyone thought it was the Godfather when it came out. There was like it's like an eighty twenty split on Empire if you go back and read it. Some people are like, ah, fuck this movie. Oh well, because <laughs> especially so. because of how the. Um how it just it's a totally ended. different tone and everything yeah yeah so and i was reading the uh some of the contemporary articles about this in addition to more recent analyses that say things like you see it's just like the shot in the graduate but you're supposed to notice that she's black thanks guys that's no stop that's it brilliant <laughs> yeah um, really. yeah you know dig deeper one of the contemporary things that <laughs> showed up a little yeah in a lot Look of closer one of the contemporary <laughs> things that showed up in a lot of those reviews at the time 
was the word black exploitation. Yes. Yeah. Which I don't see exactly how this like I don't see even the argument of how this could be considered a black exploitation movie. There are black people in it. Pam Greer was in a lot of black exploitation movies, I guess. But this isn't. It's there's got nothing black exploitation about the no, movie. It's got the qua movie for me. Well, it's got the the. It's got a, a the kind of seventies vibe. It's not fully black exploitation, and, and granted, I'm certainly no no expert on it. I've seen yeah. a couple of things. I've seen Sweet Sweet Packs Bad Badass Song and a, and a couple of other black exploitation movies from the time. But um, but like I think I think mostly mostly the connection. I think um, it's just Pam Greer. The, the, well, the, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's more than if, that. If there's a thematic connection, because because he's recast Jackie as as a black character and stuff like that, black exploitation is very much about the black man, or in this case, woman getting it over on the man. Yeah, it's know? very and very so st- so it's not as it's not as kind of well, raw. Well, and, well that's and black messy. empowerment. That's um, not black, black, black exploitation. Well, black exploitation is a movie for a black audience. It's like yeah. we're gonna make okay. There's movies we make for normal people. And then there's the movies we make for the I black think, people. I think Django Unchained is closer to being a black exploitation. I'm, I'm, yeah, I yes, yes. yeah it, it very much is. I mean, the but company, black, by the way, is but the name of it. It's you can be fooled a little bit okay. by because only in black exploitation movies and Quentin Tarantino movies do you have a scene where two black guys go, "Shit, I got to get paid." That's there's only two kinds of movies. And no one else would make that fucking scene. <laughs> is is black exploitation, and then Tarantino made it mainstream in his movies. But you don't see it in a lot of other movies. I haven't seen one of those scenes in a Spielberg movie. So <laughs> so it's it's oh got it's got a vibe, you know, that vibe, that Tarantino vibe, black exploitation informs all of Tarantino's movies. It's just shitty 70s movies, really. Yeah. Yes. It's more his thing, and there's overlap. Oh, yes. oh well, yeah. yes. But I, mean, that's I just I was, I was, I was struck by how weird it was. He's never made any bones about that. I feel like if Tarantino was, like, trying, you know, as as he does... To do like his black exploitation movie, you'd know it. Well, there would be no argument. I would agree that that's, that's Django. Django. I would yeah. agree that Django. Like, yeah. You'd fucking because know. there were because you know, there was about eight black exploitation movies that were about a slave who yeah. killed his white masters. So you know, there's about yeah. you know, um, including that's one called quick, Django. That's, as that's I like, call, that's like archetypical. Like, yeah, that's what all of them were about. So so they, you know, that's very much so. uh, going back to what you were talking about about contemporary reviews. Um, if you go back and watch the reviews of Siskel and Eber. Um, doing Reservoir Dogs, they oh. hated it. They uh, shit all over it, and then they watch Pulp Fiction. They're like, "Okay, we this guy's improving. This is this is this guy's actually pretty decent." You got to get used to Tarantino, I guess, yeah, in their defense. Then they watched Jackie Brown, and they talked about it for like twenty minutes. They loved the shit because movie. because this was it looked like he was improving, and yeah, then, it's a growth, and then yeah. most people didn't you can see like the progression. Uh, yeah, and then most people didn't like that it progressed to this. They're like, go back to the cartoon thing with squares in the air. And so he was like, fine. The whole next movie is going to be all fucking squares. Now this is his Zach Braff moment. The Delphonics. There, they'll change your life, man. Yeah, listen to this song. It'll yeah. change your life. Yeah. One of the things that Tarantino said was that. Uh, well, it starts with when, the, you when, know when he was young, he wanted to make like a million fucking movies. He wanted to make as many movies as possible. Yeah. And then he finished Reservoir Dogs. He's like, you know what? Life is short. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you well, feel until I'm you just, try and do one. You're like, Jesus. So Christ. every movie I make is just going to be a million movies. That's how I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> he fit the million movies yeah. into two or three. Yeah. That's great. See, just just as far as the locations, they just find these places that haven't haven't changed a bit in yeah. fifty yeah. years. Yeah, so it just looks like the seventies. A lot of them still one feel of them because because this is Hermosa Beach and and the Delama Mall and all that stuff. That's where I grew up. The the yeah. the, the, the Ooh, uh, what kind of music were you listening to? I can make it a Tarantino scene in my head. Yeah, the, uh, the like the, the um 
the the food court. I'm like, that's my food court. Yeah, that's the food hey. court I went to every weekend. There's a ch- you can't see it, but if they turn around, there's a Chick Fil A over there and a Sparrow over there. It's like Sparrow just, went bankrupt. Yeah. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't. Crazy. Sparrow's gone. Why did, oh, why did he, someone buys him? Why did he feel compelled to mention that it's the biggest indoor mall in the world? Especially like, why is that is so it? important? I Mall of America was done. How was that then, not the Mall it? of America? I guess it depends on your definition. Some yeah. of the chat room. Can Maybe at the do time. Research? I think I think it was at the time. At the time, what's when that mall it opened, called? It was the uh, Delamo. The Delamo. They told me that the they Delamo. tore that mall down. No, yeah. well, the Delamo Mall. You've you've been there, but now it's no longer an indoor mall. It's an outdoor mall, and they've completely they blew the roof it. up. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's and they probably took out the Sparrow. Yeah. yeah, it's a completely. Actually, I think this the. <laughs> I was just saying. Way to bring it back. This is my most important no, thing. Actually, <laughs> actually, I think that that um for five years we've been doing this podcast so I could make that clear to you. I think the food court is still there, and a bunch of the. The same franchises in this movie are still there yeah. almost 20 years later, except as for, I recall. Except for? Is that, where the, for Sparrow, <laughs> is, that where, is that where the AMC and BJ's is? That, is that what you're yes, talking yes, about? Yes, yes, okay. yes, that one. That, yeah, that's the back end that no longer exists. <laughs> we just said that we just degenerated into a scene from a Tarantino film. Yeah. Okay, I want you guys to do 10 minutes on what used to be in the Delamo Mall <laughs> and go. <laughs> is that where he grew up, was Torres? Yes. He used to be, he used to be a... Um, uh, he used to work at a video store. I think it it might have been a blockbuster, but it might have been a mom and pop. No, I he, think it was a mom and pop. He place. used to work at a video store in Hermosa Beach. When or, did he or, When did he hit big? Beach. Like, how old was he when he hit? Because he was older, right? He was He was in his late twenties, I think. I'd, I'd have to look it up. I could totally be wrong about that, but but he was the guy that you know you go in. He was nuts about movies and and stuff like that, and he'd recommend shit that you'd never heard of, and everyone's like, "I just came here for Dumbo, okay?" Yeah, and uh, I just came here for Dumbo. <laughs> And, uh, you gotta see Black Wamba, Mama, White yeah, Mama, exactly. Pam Greer. Like, yeah, I think my kids would rather have the maybe the Dumbo movie. But I, I, I recall I've I've known some people. I think my dad may, may have even gone in there for rentals. But I, I there are people there. There <laughs> and came back. Going, There's this one yeah. guy. You do not want to get that guy. There are there are people around. You know who who would be like I remember when Quentin Tarantino would rent me movies. Like, wow. I fucking remember that kid, and he was nuts. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> but, he, but, you know, but they look at it now, and they go, I totally see... Looking back, I'm like, yeah. totally see it. <laughs> there was, totally there was only two happened. ways that was going to play out. <laughs> yeah. Movie director or serial killer. It was yeah. going to be do, one of the do, two. You ever hear him talk about making his very, very first... Uh, his, his first attempt at making a feature? Mm-mm. It was over the course of like three years or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that'll happen. And he kept shooting these rolls of film and he would stick stick it in the fridge because he didn't have the money to develop it. Mm-hmm. And um, it was all... You know, shit. He sure. could like it wasn't developing properly when he finally it did. Was Coven. But he said he could still see his style. He could see the Tarantino in there. Like it was weird to see him refer refer to himself that way. Mm-hmm. It's like you could still see Tarantino in there, mm-hmm. but it it wouldn't cobble together. So just to bring it back in the chat, Herc says Del Almo is slash was the fifth largest mall mm-hmm. in the United States at the time. Oh, well, that's I don't know what the is slash was really means. Well, like, who says? Uh, here's the here's the question: yeah. Who says that? Well, about well the, the movie does. Mall. It's a title card. Ah. Fucking Sally Manky, sir. Yeah, that's the answer Sally, to your question. Sally Manky, somebody. Sally Manky just doesn't know about the Mall of America. Thing, but it, it was a pretty damn big mall. I, I gotta I, tell you that you could walk around there. I would, have, I would not have any trouble believing that it, it, at the time it opened, it would have been the largest. Oh, okay, maybe that, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. would make sense. And the fact would that people be hilarious. Would, so they kept, the so, idea that people would still continue to call it that twenty years after that was no longer true. <laughs> They're like, you know, the Delamo Mall is the twentieth largest and the biggest largest in the world. It would be Actually, hilarious. No, there's five in China that are larger than that. He's, is if in 1997 how, there's a bigger mall, but in 1971 it was the yeah, biggest. Exactly. So, <laughs> so it's just like just in the title card. It's, it's 1971 in this title card. Yeah. <laughs> is all we're saying. Jimmy Carter, who is president of the United States, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Carter, the president. The yeah. more the 
I, I, again, just rewatching this, and now that we've talked about De Niro, because I've you know I've watched and I've enjoyed everyone's performances, but now now that you guys are talking about it, I'm watching De Niro, and he's every awesome. time he's on screen, I'm like, oh my god, like he's you know you know what De Niro's like, and he's not doing that; but, he's well, doing something else. But not only that, just all, awesome. the, all the stuff his character is doing, it's like he's you know he's chilling with her, and they just had sex, and and so now they're kind of doing a thing. But already you see, like, she's just yammering in his ear and he's, like, sucking so hard on that bomb. Yeah, he's like, please I, just chill me out. Oh I need boy. something oh boy. <laughs> to, to get me out of this. She's I would really like to kill wall, her now. Up the wall, yeah. Boy, would I like to kill her. Hmm. He's, like, just, like, dripping Clorox into his bomb. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, right. he's trying yeah. so hard. He's like, be cool, be cool, be cool. <laughs> like, you just see him telling himself that over and That's over again. That's the thing. Again. It's like, you don't have to know what he's thinking, but he's thinking, man. There's <laughs> something going on behind his eyes. Yeah. And it's like, wow. He just, I, I just love the... It says this is a guy who's kind of fuzzy from his last five years being spent in prison. It's just perfect. It's really subtle. It's just perfect. And as soon as it was pointed out to me, I was like, oh, my God, he's really amazing. <laughs> yeah. it, now that you say that, I'm blown away by how much he's pulling this off. And I usually don't actually care much. Look at the body language. Look, he's he's yeah. a coiled spring there. It's mm-hmm. like he's making you think like he's going to reach over and strangle her right now. It <laughs> might happen. Yeah. I usually don't actually particularly care for De Niro. Like, I didn't really like Taxi Driver that much, for instance. Uh, you know, uh, Godfather. I, can be sure. I, liked God- I liked him in Godfather. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like Untouchables, it's fun to watch him be Al Capone. Mostly because I like the way his face squinches when he says enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. <laughs> enthusiasm. But uh, I, I don't think I've ever liked Robert De Niro more than I like him in this movie. And he's not even being himself. Maybe Casino. Uh, I liked him in Casino a lot. I liked him in yeah. Goodfellas. I haven't seen Goodfellas. Oh, my God. Goodfellas is okay. If you've seen oh. Casino, you've kind of seen Goodfellas. Yeah, I figured I've shot no, all around the mark. No, of no, Scorsese no. And no, they're not in the same <laughs> just this, this realm. The space of what I haven't seen in a Scorsese movie, the, the outline of that shape is, is is what Goodfellas is in my head right now. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> there's a gap in the middle. Yeah. yeah, when you clump together all of Scorsese's movies, there's a hole in the it's center. How we knew Donut. Pl- it's how we knew Pluto was there because there yeah, was exactly. a gravitational pull. Using orbital the mechanics planets. on Scorsese and you can find Goodfellas in the, in the interference yeah. pattern. <laughs> it's like ah, oh, there should be a, there's a three body problem here. We have like, a good the, mental picture of what Goodfellas has to be like when we finally discover. On it. a spectrograph, it glows blue. That means this movie is made out of nickel. I think. Yeah. Yeah. What are we talking about? De Niro. Yeah. We were talking De about De Niro, and now we're now, now they're talking. Oh, about. that would be a good gif. Just Ra- the gif of them laughing. Yeah, just uh, Sam Jackson and. Have you seen hey, Raging hey, Bull? Ah, hey. uh, fuck! I don't think I think oh, I've seen Raging man. Bull. Maybe I haven't. You'd know if you saw Raging Bull. There's yeah, no, yeah, like, you probably remember. Then that. I guess not. I guess not. I, there's a whole like list of '70s movies that I wanted to see that I, I still haven't seen. Uh, French 80s, Connection, think, right? It's it's tough to it, late it's, late '70s. It's best. another thing that it's tough to like get 80s. around to. You're like, I could sit down and watch Taxi Driver right now. Yeah, but like I, I have could, that I for could, like fucking Serpico and shit. Like I, I, one of these days, I'm going to see that movie. Dog Day Afternoon. A bunch. I of like other Dog Day Afternoon. I saw that one in that same like in that same jumping on dude. There's like 25 movies from the '70s that I need to see that I haven't seen yet, and I just started like checking them off. We got Paper Moon. You see Dog Day Afternoon? You haven't seen it? I haven't seen Dog Day Afternoon. I like Dog Day Afternoon. There's what's what, what threw me off was that when I realized that there was no music in that movie. I didn't realize that either. The That's credits cool. the credits roll and it's silent. And I'm like, oh yeah, so there, there hasn't been music at all during this entire film. Lamette talks about that movie in his in his book. Oh, um, such a good book, by the way. Yeah. so amazing. On uh, he, uh, whatever making it's movies, it's making, called movies. making movies. And he talks about extensively about making that. Yeah. The one I thought was fascinating was about the covering that extended take. Yeah, with the uh, you know. Um, how the way he had to do that so Pacino could just go and the scene was longer than a camera magazine. He said, how do I, you know, how do, Pacino wants to do this all in one run, but I can't cover it because the cameras will run out. How do I deal with that? And I thought that was pretty, 
pretty interesting stuff. You gotta, you, I, I've got it. I'll, I'll loan it to you. He's, it's, yeah. it's so amazing. Even if you haven't seen the movies, which a bunch of his movies I hadn't seen, the ones I have, yeah. I love. Sydney Lumet, you know, he did Network and, and, uh, the, the Wiz, um, yeah. which 12 I think, Angry yeah, Man. 12, and so you just, oh man. 12 Angry Men. There's, th- yeah. there's a little bit in the book where it's like, here's how film works and here's how we yeah. cut on movie. You, you can skip and it's over like, unless yeah, you, you can skip unless it. you're interested in film history because he's talking yeah. about a process that no longer happens. Yeah. So you don't, but, you don't um, have to re- read the bits about specifically yeah. how you go about how processing we, and cutting film, but everything else is totally like still valid to this day. That's how you make a movie. Yeah. The, the, the title of the book, Making Movies, is exactly right. In the chat, Morgan mentioned on the subject of De Niro performances, Stardust, which I haven't seen in a long time. Stardust, I, remember, I, remember, I remember he went big. I don't remember what he did. Being campy and big. It's yeah, like a, like a, Gay pirate, right? Right. I think that's when he started <laughs> to cross over into not giving. Yeah, a now shit. he's like more doing like, "Hey, I'm. You remember me? I used to be Robert De Niro, but now I'm going to be wacky. I'm going to do like, you know, you're not talking about me anymore. Parents, you're not talking about me anymore. Analyze this and meet the parents, and you know, I'm just yeah. going to be wacky De Niro. Which is, you know, did you watch him do? Um, good for him because niggas him? gas to get paid. Oh, he's in that fight did, movie just a second ago with Stallone. Did you watch Saturday yeah. Night Live? Yeah. Oh, when Robert De Niro was on <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, I've, I've watched it when for Robert 40 years, but... Uh, when Robert De Niro did it? Narrow it down. I can't I don't imagine he did a good job. when he was It on. was pretty bad. Oh, God. It was so bad. It was like, so my instinct was right. Why did it they... It was like, you you see him looking at the cue cards off camera, and it's like, yeah. I've never noticed actors so, doing that before. Yeah, so not his element to do that kind of thing. He's his largest, yeah. indoor, largest mall. indoor mall. Which, Lies. Yeah. <laughs> But see again, I wouldn't. Oh, put I it, remember those fucking kiosks. I wouldn't put it past Tarantino to say that, like, even the movie is an unreliable narrator. Like, no. Delamo Mall, site of the greatest mass murder of all time. Like, that did never. Okay, that whole happen. monologue in uh, True Romance, where he's talking about how Italians got dark hair and became darker skin, is that true? I like Sicily. I haven't seen True Romance. I haven't seen it. So the Moors invaded Sicily. I haven't seen it. Uh, I don't know. Is, he was is doing Robert De Niro in True Romance? No, no, no. This is Tarantino written script. Oh, okay. It's cool. That's that's what I like. I I know it has happened in many ways because characters in Tarantino movies and other movies will go off on a rant that's completely bullshit, but that's appropriate for the character. Yeah. It's like you know, it's like well, it, was, it was Dennis. None Hopper, of that is true. It, it, it was <laughs> it Dennis Hopper. Sense. It was Dennis Hopper trying to fuck with um okay. Christopher Walken. That's, oh, I have seen that scene. That I've seen it by itself. Just I that sounds like a scene that either there's a Sbarro, see, uh, 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 right over his shoulder. Um, oh, the way it were. There, there's a, uh, yeah, that is, and that's a Chick Fil A right to his side. You can't see the sign. But <laughs> let's, let's not. Let's, I have let's never not seen endorse, Mike this excited. Let's not endorse Chick. No, fuck Chick Fil A. I'm just yeah. saying that's where it is. It's, Although um, it's okay to point at one and yeah. say it exists. Speaking that's, of endorsements, and across though, the way now, that's a GameStop. This movie wow, is yeah. full. Is that a is that a record store? What were you gonna say? Uh, that is that is the kind of see Sabar. Uh, that's the kind of thing that could. And there was an orange Julius at the very far end. Um, that's that is exactly the kind of thing that and and this knockoff like noodle place is still there. It's okay. It's um, a it's a it's a food court. Yeah, yeah, we get it. It's so exciting. It's, <laughs> but it's, it's his food. It's court. my food court. It's in a movie. Um, Mike, the, see, uh, this is it's about Mike opening up to the food court. It's not really about the viewer. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, see orange it's Julius. Just, yeah. Um. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> There's a hot dog on a stick. Um, <laughs> oh, those costumes suck. We're, we're not gonna get through this. Hey, uh, no, this is the only way we're gonna get. Yeah, through. we this still, got, we still this, got three hours. This to has go. happened on every Tarantino movie. We just end up talking about like some location that we all know. That's how it is. Well, here's the thing. I'm gonna jump in. Look at how many damn extras there are. Yeah. How do they even shoot this? <laughs> <laughs> this entire sequence and the times they do this more times. There's a thousand people in this mall. No, 
and they run through it with steady cams and everything else. I get all bogged down in the logistics. Like, you know, this dialogue scene, there's 50 extras in the background of this thing. It's like this. This is one of those things where you go, yeah, it's a low budget movie. It actually isn't. Because yeah. <laughs> you see scenes like this. That feeling go, I had when it's it monstrous. may well huge. have been. Uh, that that behind them is was normally a banana republic. Um, the the um, it may well have been the kind of thing where they just set up signs at the you know the Yo, outside quiet. the food court and and being like, look, if you we're filming a movie, you can come get your lunch, but shut up, and you yeah. may end up in the See, movie. That's so and hard. It's like unless you want to loop everything, you yeah. got to control that shit. You know, like maybe you know a wide shot of Robert Forrester walking through a mall of a thousand people. Yes, you may be able to miss out sound. Grab that with you know without sound, but but. Uh, you know, I don't know. There's the one where she steady cams all the way through and ends up yelling for Keaton, and they mm-hmm. all come running out. I mean, that's you can't, you can't, not at, not yeah, at this level, you that, can't yeah. gorilla that. I just like the idea of, that they maybe did gorilla that, and people are like, oh, they're filming a movie. Who are they filming? Yeah, it's, like, it's like, who the fuck are those people? They were like, yeah, wait a minute. It's <laughs> like, it's like we're we're cool because it's Pam Greer and Robert Forster, and no one <laughs> don't knows who the hell they they're are. not even gonna get if they're not even gonna get recognized, yeah. much less swamped. Oh, no. I'm, I'm I'm not saying I don't I don't think they no, did gorilla style, but I think instead of like trying to shut them all down and get extras, they were just like, just let people come through and tell them there's a movie right there yeah. and and be chill. There's Kangals all over this movie, by the way. No, you because know, every, the, because people, everyone in LA likes to act like they're cool about movies and stars, so they try not to get starstruck. And they're like, "Oh no, I know how to be cool around a movie. But, yeah, we're not going to look at the camera. It's fine." So. No, I think I think they'd have to pay people because otherwise they'd look directly into the camera if they were right behind the. And actors. also, you can't let. I mean, obviously, the people in the near background have to be paid extras because otherwise they'd come and go, and your continuity would go to shit. So, All right, yeah. So uh, you know, it's it's a qu- yeah. I think I think there's a probably a zone of okay, we control this and everything a thousand yards out is you know all those people are like. You know, there's there's barricades you can't see that are keeping them from walking into our half of the mall. But again, I just started thinking about the logistics of it going this. However, that gets done. There's a lot of that happening to get this scenes done. And I'm like, mm. wow, look at how much that must have been so tough to do. I, th- I, th- I had that feeling when I watched Speed Racer. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie yet. I still need to see that. I was one. like, and "How do you that's, make this movie?" That's not, he literally said that. Actually, as we were watching to- towards the end of the movie, see, hot dog on a stick right behind. Like, <laughs> oh we were literally. I told you. So excited. <laughs> I'm not making this up. I know this mall. Um, I'm, I, yeah, I'm getting that. But uh, yeah, literally, we were watching. We were watching Speed Racer, and and at towards the end of the last race, like it goes totally psychedelic and fucked up, and he just goes, "How do you direct a movie like this? <laughs> like literally, how? This doesn't. <laughs> I can't wrap my head around. It's it. like gravity. Like yeah. you got to communicate all these fucking crazy ideas to people. Yeah. At least this is just a, a normal scene <laughs> yeah. with extras. I don't know. See, that's a great shot of her. I I, I think she's pretty there. I yeah. like that opening shot we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Her eyes are almost photoreal. It's getting, they're getting good at this. <laughs> yeah, really. She's, she's well out of the uncanny valley. Yeah, so we get the occasional. Yeah, see, and, now, and I see, now I see her thinking. I didn't yeah. see thinking. Th- that font looked exactly half. like the font in Goodfellas, by the way. It might have been. I'm pretty sure it's Yeah, it's Helvetica, Spencer. exactly. They're just like, yeah, it's... Same yeah, as the font. Know. The elevator sign's on. <laughs> yeah, now now it would be Verdana, because that's the first one you that pops up in Final Cut and everyone was using it a long time. Text on our website is Tahoma. Oh yeah. Ooh. Mm, Except for the actual Tahoma. graphics, the graphics are. Let's see. The big blocky one is Lubalin, and the main one that I use for everything now is Burial in different weights. This is going well. Thanks for the <laughs> main titles is Whoop Ass. How's everybody enjoying the commentary so far? <laughs> yeah. I'm enjoying that guy's mustache very well. Yeah, that's a great mustache. I like. I like her. They, uh, now, Isn't that the same guy who showed up in, in Kill Bill? She's uh, pretty dry, so you better use some lube. Oh, I think oh, it is. He's, right. he's here to fuck. Yeah. It's, I think that is. That's Buck. not You're him, right. is it? 
Yeah, find I'll think find that's out. Buck. No, no, no and not Buck, but the, the, uh, the, yeah, the, in, the, the nurse guy that the nurse, yeah, gives him the, uh, yeah, he owns the pussy wagon. Yeah. Well, who doesn't? I mean, you know. I like I like, like that now Pollock now painting. that she's. It's it's the turn like you said, and now she's thinking. And now she's almost overselling it. Like she's suddenly she's so concerned, and she's so like she's putting on this show for them to to be. Oh no, I I'm you know I'm totally. You guys are totally in control, and I'm just worried. I'm I'm just afraid that that I'm. It's out of my control and stuff like that. And she's but she's totally putting on a thing for them, and mostly for for you know pussy wagon guy I think because. And, I feel awkward calling him that when he's got a mustache like that. Um, <laughs> like, I feel like we should have a better nickname for yeah. that guy. But unfortunately, yeah, pussy wagon guy is a, it's like the snitch of nicknames. I love I love this uh, this little argument about the bag. Yeah, it's pink. I it's love the fact bag. that this was written in the script and then the art department had to figure out. OK, yeah. so what am I? So what does it what am I like? literally making, though? You guys, because yeah. if they're, if they're going to be confused, guys are, Michael Brown, well, I, I he, wonder was, he was in both. He was. OK, yeah. I, I almost I almost wonder if the if the. That's the kind of thing where the um, hey, Sparrow. I told you, <laughs> you can't unsee it. <laughs> Mike, was there? Was there a JC Penny there? Uh, I'm sure there There's was. A somewhere. Sears? Oh, is it JC Penny? Wow, um, But uh, <laughs> can you be the directory for this mall in this podcast? Yeah, I, so. I probably could. They used to have a little touchscreen directory, and it was such a crock of shit. Like you couldn't. <laughs> oh wow, you really? couldn't make it work. Like Nakatomi Plaza, like beep, yeah, beep, you beep, had to. Beep, beep. You had to press it till your finger almost broke to get yeah. the like. It, uh, you kids uh, today. Uh, with, no, with I just had that exact same experience with the little touchscreen on the seat in front of me on the airplane. Yeah, the games. Exactly. And it's like, you yeah. guys, you just made a thing where the touchscreen goes shitty, and now I'm just punching the guy's head <laughs> yeah, yeah. trying to yeah. fucking play my Sudoku puzzle. Just a genius idea there. Way to go, Aaron. And I was, I'll, I'll tie it back in, by the way. On that flight, I was sitting next to Robert Forster. Ah. Who uh, reminds me rather of his role in this film. Mm. Well played. Oh yeah, no, he was the character's name was Buck. It was the other guy who was Michael else. Bowen was the actor's name. I think. Okay. Um, Thank you, Herc, or whoever said that. I almost, I almost yeah, wonder if it was. Ri- I mean, I could check, I suppose, but I wonder if it was written in the script where the bag was purple, but they gave him a white one, yeah. and then everyone just rolled with it. They're like, "It's, it's clearly white. Why are you saying white. that? Why are you keep saying purple? <laughs> it's not. It's a white bag. The bag is white. The bag is there's purple. Okay, look. <laughs> yeah. take, you know it's this. Okay, you know the bag I'm talking about. I'll take a picture with my smartphone in the movie. Yeah, like it's just, it's just so we'll know it's the bag. I love Sharonda. She shows up for like one minute. Yeah, I just like her. Yeah, she's one of. Uh, she had a bigger role in the book. She was one of Ordell's, you know, ladies that he he keeps around. You know, he's got Melanie in the beach house, and he's got um, the the one who does the Supremes numbers. Uh, she's one of his and Sharonda's. There's like no consistency. Oh, fuck. The Supremes girl was in this movie for a second. Yeah. There was no consistency between his women at all. No. Well, he needs one. He needs a different kind of woman for different jobs. Wow. They shot this. They shot this over so such a period of time that that store changed. Store changed. (laughs) That was that was a, a, a. that was something else, and I pointed out. I was like, "That's usually Banana Republic," and now it's, yeah, and now it's a Banana Republic. That's how long. Wow, that it took a while to shoot this, or maybe that was a, maybe like they a covered pickup. it for some reason yeah. for the other shot. Maybe that was a pickup or something. It was some Dolce well, or who was it? Occurs to me then, Dolce, yeah, because there's two. We only ever see the girl who sings like the soul songs or whatever. The other, like the other old black lady that Ordell has for like one scene, one shot basically, and it's basically just her singing the song and Lewis sitting there just. All right, I guess this is my life. And it'd be funny yeah. if there was a third 
if we just keep seeing Lewis, yeah, like, like just like in, li- in, li- in living rooms across well, Los there's Angeles. The one, now, now, Sharonda there is not the druggie that they end up in the final scene. Mm, That's I don't think so. I thought it was. Yeah, okay. I was. I kind of thought it was, but I, I, I don't know. But she doesn't strike me as that kind of character. But, but we don't, don't see the sure. singing lady again, do we? Yeah, I don't believe so. No. Oh yes, we do. Actually, we just saw her. Eh? Um, she well, was. Think, is she this? She is character? the one. She's the one. Yeah. No, she's not. The, it's not. It's not clear, but she's the one who actually. They just made a double switcheroo because Sharonda got a, a the bag from from uh, Jackie, and then Sharonda switches the bag with um other lady, the Supremes girl. The, with the other lady, but the other lady is supposed to be the Supremes girl, but you you never see her. Oh no, they're two separate stores. Okay, there's the Dolce's there, and then the Banana Republic was over. You folded that so beautifully to the point you were making that I didn't yeah, notice you were talking great. about the store until the, uh, like, wow. two seconds. Talk about a double switcheroo. But the no, because is a double her. switcheroo, and now there's a bunch so, of nobles. So yeah. she is she is the one who does the Supremes numbers. Oh. It's maybe not clear because it, that's not necessarily made clear. But I think yeah, I, later I, I didn't get that. No, at all. that's definitely her. I, I never yeah. understood what this character was about. Was like, yeah. Wait. So did she switch now? Yes. She switched because okay. because Ordell was suspicious or whatever, and that's why that's why Jackie reads him the riot act at the at the beach house in a minute because he's like she's like that was not part of the plan. You keep I got fucked the first time because you didn't tell me you were doing something yeah. and you sent coke and you got me in trouble. You cannot keep doing that. It's got to go off or we're going to get caught. We're going to get hosed. Ah, I get that now. Yeah. This is why I listen to What Are You Doing Movie? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Helps explain movies we talk about. Michael explains movies. So what's the deal with Pocahontas? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you what? know, that's that, that it was a magic raccoon. <laughs> and oh, But the trees don't talk anymore, but you they know, used to. They used to. Well, they, they, won't, they won't talk to, to the white man. Uh, oh. Obviously. Not without they, a representative. They saw what yeah, we really did. <laughs> not without their lawyer present. Yeah. Without counsel. I'm not talking to you. I'm not saying shit in front of these guys. <laughs> on the give advice me, of give counsel, me a Native American right this minute. On the advice of my counsel, I don't speak to white people. <laughs> Look how beat up his car Sup, is. tree? That's a nice little detail in there. Somebody. Yeah. I just, I, I'm just looking at the script because I was curious about the, the, the bag thing. And he's, she... Um, it's just like the subject will be delivering the currency in a Broadway shopping bag. She hands him one, a Broadway shopping bag, large bag with handles and brown lettering. And so it's like, clearly that was something yeah, that just kind of happened on, on the set. pink and purple. No, right. it's pink, pink, yeah. yeah. And again, that's great. You know, you're supposed to, you're supposed to be ready for that. You're supposed to be open yeah. to that. That was a beautiful rack focus that just happened. Mm-hmm. Like, totally a beautiful rack. Wow. <laughs> beautiful focus on the rack. Beautiful rack that was in focus. Is this what is saying. the only, by the way, this is what I was watching. This is the only outfit where Pam Greer, suddenly you go, damn, Pam. I mean, she looks kind of, you know, she's got the jackets all the time and the bathrobe and everything. You see her in this outfit, you go, she is still got it going on. Look at her. She's in amazing shape. But she never looks like this in any of her other outfits. She looks kind of frumpy in the rest of her outfits. Mm. I never like, I was like, wait a minute. So wait, did they break for eight months so she could... <laughs> <laughs> Does she actually look like that all the time? And she's she's just been dressed so so frumpily that she just can't tell. Yeah, I, I just go. love how let's go somewhere private. It's yeah, really. Slide the door shut. It's like there's not glass in that. Yeah, guys. like it's yeah. It's, this glass is not soundproof. And there's just De Niro. There's there Robert De Niro. Yeah, Robert De Niro. Yeah, Robert De Niro is in the shot. He's the he's the <laughs> one in the foreground. He's got nothing to do. He's just he's, he's just at, watching he's, the TV. But listen, he's Simone. Atmosphere. There we go. Simone is the one who does who does the dancing. I believe so. it's pronounced Sim One. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just go. think it'd be funny if they're going to establish that Lewis's plight 
is he just has to hang out in living rooms with various Ordell's yeah. girls. He's already done it twice. <laughs> just, I would have had a third one where he's right. like hanging out. Like he doesn't have a scene with Sharonda, like just at her living room while yeah. she's being whoever that the fuck she hysterical. is. That would be hysterical. It's like, wow. I would talk about a tense scene. I would just like to see how ever like the Lewis character and Sharonda would interact. <laughs> what, what, what was the point of him being with that Supremes girl? I don't understand. Like, was, I, don't, I don't know either. It was it was literally just, you know, it, that's that was one of uh, Ordell's. That's one of Ordell's people. girls. And he was like, you know what? I got to get I got to get some stuff done. Why don't you go hang out with her? It's a good time. You know, you guys are probably bone. And, yeah, and you really. can enjoy it. Oh, they'll all sleep with you. Yeah. He's like, he's like, you like this one? No? Okay. Yeah, well, how about Melody? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you like that one? Okay. You can go ahead and right, stay, yeah, stay at her place instead. Keep that one then. I love this bit. He's so yeah, high. Yeah, he's he just, can't even. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. What is it? I totally got it. Sure. Yeah. It's like, it's like he's trying. It's curled up and he thinks, oh, I got I to gotta straighten gotta, it. I got to untwirl the well, curler here. <laughs> before the cord's I... a spiral. Shit. I was really tangled now. So, how do you guys feel about Sam in this movie? I think he's awesome. He Sam's it. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's doing a great job. And I think again, he's he's doing a, this. Is, this is a different character. Maybe maybe part of part of why it's um, tricky is we're so used to seeing the him playing Jules, the same character now. Yeah, all the time. But in this char- in this case, he's in in every other case, he's always. In control, you know, he's that kind of character. He's the badass. And, and he's, he's organizing in it. In control of the situation. And in this one, he's the guy who thinks he's in control, but he's not. Um, and I think, I think he's doing a brilliant job of playing that, of, of kind of undermining himself by both playing, he thinks he's in control, but he's also kind of incompetent. And, and so he's, he's got this weird insecurity at the same time as he's got the, the, you know, the confidence to think, oh, I'm, I can get one up on everybody. I think he's great. The what only scene I didn't like of him was actually the intro scene with him when he's um, ordering um, Bridget Fonda around. Uh huh. It's it for some reason it called attention to itself. Him trying to him him being upset with her for not listening to him. Was right. the, only, the only time I was like, okay, we're yeah. watching him do a scene. Upon reflection, my only read of that scene has to be that just fucking Bridget Fonda. Melanie annoys everybody. That's <laughs> yeah. the only thing yeah. she like. That's the, seriously. If you didn't look like that, you like, like, you would have nothing. Like trying to explain his behavior in that scene. That's all I can come up. Well, with. that's it. Yeah, that's exactly it. He's like he doesn't she, like her, but she's hot. <laughs> so he's like, all right, has uses. Yeah. And she's and I think she's probably. I think there's implications that she's just kind of been getting worse like she wasn't as big of a yeah, pain that's what he says. Ass he says she didn't used to she didn't used to bitch so much yeah, yeah. now she yeah. just gets high all the time and she's just you know what's in it for me and so on. i just i think it's one of those bizarre and probably f- strangely more realistic than most of us would expect that you know there's this character pam Grier's character jackie brown over the course of this movie she has drinks with her bail bondsman the guy you know the the DEA agent or whoever was running her case and the guy that they're chasing and everyone knows that she's having lunch yeah. with all these people. Like, so you had lunch with that guy and then he's okay and he knows that we're tracking him and he knows that, everyone knows everything and yet everyone's yeah. still doing what they're doing. That's I, th- But the that, fact that she gets like four free meals out of it, you know, good for her. <laughs> you know, go Jackie. You're, you're talking about working the system. The, that was, that's always, that was the most astonishing thing for me watching it. That was, that was, the the right word is not suspense, but I was I was just so intrigued by it because I'm watching and she's having these meals with her, you know she and these mm. conversations and it's like she meets Ordell 
and she has one conversation with him. And I'm like, okay, now she's meeting with the ATF guy. She's going to put some spin on it. She's going to put some twist. No, she tells yeah, him everything. Yeah. And so then he she, says this and he yeah. says that. And then, and then she turns around and tells Ordell everything that, she, yeah. not only everything the ATF guy said, but everything she told the ATF guy about <laughs> Ordell. And I'm like, everything is on the table. What is, yeah. how, how, like, is how this is, how it really works? Yeah. <laughs> And I'm going, I'm going, what is her play? Because yeah. cause that's the only thing. Well, like, I think I think that makes sense in retrospect because, like, the only way that she can get away with it is if everything played out. You know, no one can say afterwards that is not what my plan was ever. Yeah. You know, it's like she's she's everyone's plan has their plan. And she's trying to work her plan underneath that without anyone noticing that yeah. that happened. And that's the and that is the only plan that the audience is not privy to yeah. until until it's already underway. It's as like well. it's 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 like the sting. It's like you can't just take him. They can't know you took them. That's yeah. that's how this works. Otherwise, it's just as bad. So. And then she happens to luck out with with you know Melanie taking some money and it looking like she like, so. Why, that, why that, do? You, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, no, no. Go go ahead. I was going to ask why why is it at the end. She doesn't stay with, uh, like, he doesn't go off with her into the sunset. Like, he, he doesn't, he just doesn't have the courage to do it, ultimately. That, that's, is that it? I, I got the impression more like she didn't necessarily invite him. Uh, no, she did. She definitely okay. did. I didn't, I didn't get that. But I, I, it's a choice. It's, you know, maybe somewhere on the cutting room floor, there's the other version where, mm-hmm. you know, he's in the car next to her. But, uh, in, uh, you know, the, it's, it's a, it's a choice. I mean, it's. It's something that's very rare, and it's one of the things I, I admire about this movie is sometimes, you know, you can be in a situation where you can acknowledge, like, boy, if things weren't exactly how they are, we would absolutely have a thing. Yeah. But we can't. But let's at least acknowledge that we would, and we'd like it, Yeah. but we can't actually do it the way things are stacked up right now. And I think maybe actually maybe the answer is what you were just talking about. Maybe part of the answer is, like, if you and I go off together, everyone's going to know what the hell happened. Everyone's yeah. going to be, you know, know exactly what happened at that point. Um, I kind of had a. Had I like a, to believe that, like, I had he, a sh- wait, he waited. I a had a Shawshank years. thing that, yeah. you know, that and I kind of was half expecting the Shawshank shot of like, yeah. and then six months later on the beach, you know, hey, finally you came. Um, that's kind of implied to me that maybe that that that's not, you know, but that, that's not ruled out. Yeah, it's, it's not, not it's not ruled out, but at the same time, you know, the fact that that he has to, you know, he has to go off and cry for a little while. It's kind of like, nah, he's letting you go. Um, he's just he's not, not quite gonna, right. He's not going to. Is there any implication her. in there that he doesn't follow through and he sticks to the bail bond business? Well, the, in the the fact that well, he answers the phone and she walks out while yeah. she's taking a deal. Yeah. yeah, he could he could go with her, but instead he falls back and just decides to stay where he is. Gotcha. Because because he goes through all this and it's like if he's like, I thought I wanted excitement, but actually I don't. That yeah. was really scary, and I don't I don't want to do that anymore. More exciting than the bail bond yeah. business. Um, but yeah, but in the, uh, in, in the novel, it's actually left open. She basically says, Hey, you know, do you want to, it's, it's not exactly this, but it's like, do you want to, you want to come with me? He's like, where do we go? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> it just kind of ends there. It's like, are they going to go off together? Or are they not? It's, it's left ambiguous. So he actually made it less ambiguous by specifically saying, no, he, he chooses not to go off with her. I'm watching Michael Keaton's face jiggle. I am. He's just. His face is jiggling. He's amazing. Just when he, just when he talks, like thoughts go across his face 
like ripples. Like you can see it like start in the top right corner of that eyebrow and then like <laughs> yeah. his cheek jiggles and his nose jiggles and his lips jiggles and the other cheek jiggles and it's just like and you can see it like splashing across his face. His um, he, He's he so has, weirdly expressive. fluid dynamic procedural yeah. face. His face is real flow. <laughs> what they're doing is actually uh, even for the time it's it's quite uh, it was quite novel is it's actually rod removal Quentin Tarantino oh, is literally poking him in the side of the face and you see the, the flesh <laughs> ripple like, across yeah, like and they just remove the rod yeah, afterwards. Sure. That's how that's actually being done. No, it's the way they used to make Mr. Ed talk. Oh, yeah. And that's <laughs> two words. Beetlejuice. Yeah. He's got the same eyebrows that Jack uh, Nicholson has. Yeah, those are some serious eyebrows. It's also a serious where, forehead. Where, where he like is able to angle it inward yeah, like look that. at that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. There's a right angle in those eyebrows. Robert Forster looks sad that he can't do that with his eyebrows. <laughs> my eyebrows are just big and they don't move well, not with that attitude see Robert Forster not with that attitude but <laughs> I do I do like that, that was little the president from Fifth Element yep. it's Tiny Lister and he's the also guy the guy the from Dark Knight Dark Knight yeah yep. gonna do what b- you should have did five minutes a bunch ago. of other things he throws the bomb out the window because he's yeah. such a good good bad guy he defenestrates the bomb you can, you can he always find he defenestrates the bomb <laughs> That's a, yeah. there's actually a word for throwing something out of a window and it's called, it's defenestration. defenestration oh I didn't know that yeah yeah it's we a, have a we like have a, a word for word. that, yeah. and yet we have to borrow from German for Schadenfreude and all that. Yeah. <laughs> These well, defenestration is, is uh, French, fenster think, is yeah. fenster is is a window in German. Yeah. So defenestration is German root anyway. Look, that's he hasn't right. had his hair done like that since Godfather Two. And he, he well, no one has. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't know what he's doing. He's like he's he's like okay, I'm gonna go out and be a normal person, <laughs> and this yeah. is what he thinks. This is how he thinks he's gonna you know be chill. Although he actually kind of looks like, like this is, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting. Like he seems like such a chill guy, but you kind of see the reason why he was in jail. Yeah, because when the op- when it's time to do the operation, he just falls apart. Yeah, and he just gets nervous and tense and overreacts and gets you know just can't can't make any decisions and can't do anything right and forgets where the car is parked and. He's, like, the, every, he's actually not good at this. He's not a good <laughs> criminal, and that's why he was in jail. Right. It's strange that it, it reminds me of my dad in so many ways. <laughs> like, oh, go on. I'm fascinated. My now. dad wasn't a criminal, but it, like the hair slicked back. Your dad shirt. would do that, actually. Yeah. yeah, your dad did look like that a lot. So, like my <laughs> dad's in, my that. dad's in situations where he's like he doesn't know how to do what he's doing, <laughs> but he's doing it anyway, and he's very upset about it. <laughs> Someone will stop me if I keep doing this wrong, right? Exactly. Surely, <laughs> surely it's someone's job to notice that I don't know what I'm doing. Although, <laughs> yeah. if, if, if I was, if, if I was, it's like the, it's like the time traveler thing. This can't be that bad a decision because no one's coming back in time to stop me. So yeah. it can't be that big a deal. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I must be maintaining. Otherwise, people would be going, "Don't do what you're doing right now." <laughs> Now I don't understand. That's, see, that's the that's the problem that all adults have. Yeah, is is we all go in going. Surely somebody's surely going a, to stop me. Surely an adult will supervise me <laughs> if I'm doing this wrong. Now I have a kind of a weird. And problem. then you realize, oh wait, I'm the supervisor. Yeah. Oh crap. Oh no. I've kind of a weird problem with with Melanie in this movie, where when <laughs> she starts being like annoying, when the point of her character being annoying becomes evident in the, in these scenes, I don't buy the sincerity. I think she's being annoying on purpose. I think the character Melanie is being annoying on purpose in the scene for some reason. Yeah. Like she's definitely, trying, oh, definitely that. I think yeah. like I she's think trying to piss I think, off. I think once sh- that shot again. Okay. Yep, we're getting the side shot. Yeah. I, I think once, but but she's walking this but time. She's walking. She's motivating. Exactly. But she has a plan this time. Exactly. You she's not being moved. You son of a bitch. She's moving it's herself. Another bag of money. Right, but right. now she's right. in um, control. But. Uh, yeah, There's a touch screen. Yeah, I'm telling oh, you. Wow. You can see that it sucks from here. Right. Sam Goody. Sam Goody. Oh my god. <laughs> the nineties. Um, uh, Melanie annoying. Was I say? Yeah. Well, it, I think there comes a point where she is. Yes, she sees that it, she's. She sees that Lewis is freaking out, and she thinks it's funny. 
and she's just trolling Lewis at that yeah, point absolutely. for her own amusement. Yeah, okay. It it is become it it. Oh, does he is, amuse you? It is becoming yeah. deliberate. Well, that's exactly yeah, yeah. it. It's like she, no, don't do that, Melanie. Like, and she's yeah. I just, she's. It seems so. I guess I can buy that she's dumb enough to do that. It's like. Well, she doesn't know what we don't know either is that Lewis will we'll fucking will, will, cap you. Will gap a bitch yeah. if he <laughs> if he just gets too rattled. So you know that's that's new information for both of us, uh, the viewer and for Melanie at that point. Mike, are those the same as the fitting rooms that they used to be? Yes, although it, it was a Billingsley. Oh my god, I was kidding. It was a Billingsley. <laughs> she walked well, into a Billingsley, but it's actually a Macy's. So you I, spent dude, a lot of time get on IMDb small. right now. Yeah, that's amazing. Damn, it was. She ma- does look good no. in that suit. That is a good suit. That's a suit with like the, the like Delta wing collar. Yeah. She could go back to being a flight attendant in that suit. Although it wasn't just it was like Macy's some it was it was two things back then. Bloomingdale's? Now it's now it's now it's just Macy's, but it was like Macy's Broadway about or them all like that. Well yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. what this movie's about. Oh I love I, about I actually all. love this moment here where she's like, Okay, point of no return. Am I going to <laughs> am I going to go through with the plan and just be out of it? Or am I going to Am I going to go through with my plan? But, yeah, and she decides to go through with her plan. <laughs> hey, feet, by the way. Yeah. Melanie's feet. Do you think Tarantino liked happy feet? <laughs> oh, my God. So they're dancing. But yeah, feet. But, they're, but they're penguins. You don't know how specific or generic his feet thing is. I actually don't. What if I, he likes hooves? Me, personally, I don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> I don't understand the foot fetish. I don't get the foot fetish. I, uh, you don't understand having one, or you don't understand... I don't understand. Oh, the, no, the, the mechanics of it. Just I don't understand. I don't understand having one, which I guess is kind of by definition a fetish. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. people if are it trying made to sense. We wouldn't call it. <laughs> <fetish>. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have a woman fetish. If yeah, yeah. If, every, if everybody you did know, it, I have this fetish, fetish where I like to. It, never mind. But uh, you'd you'd freak out if you heard about it. But it involves <laughs> like having sex with a woman and. and <laughs> We have a forum in a for com- it in a it's completely a, standard way. It's a real, it's a it's a real quirk with me. It's a weird message board on the internet that I had out with other people who have the same thing. Yeah, it's called um, they, they talk about Facebook. It on, actually, they talk about it on Thirty Rock. It's called normaling. <laughs> Ooh, that's kinky. Yeah, no, it's these characters who have who have all these weird kinks. And really then, but then, so, but so then to they, get off, they do it well, the then, normal way. Then they, well, but then, then they slowly like lose their interesting kinks and just start having normal sex. <laughs> but they, they don't want to feel like they're they're losing like their edge. Their so they, they start convincing themselves yeah. that it's actually a kink. Yeah, <laughs> we're getting really wild. Those fitting rooms are very large, by the way. Yeah. What is what big enough for a camera? Do after this. Okay, here's the, this, this, this shot is this is the scene that and I was like, well, no, it's not the shot. Yeah, yes, it yeah, oh, it is. A, we're still we're in it already. That's where right. She's gonna walk through. This, the it's huge. Room. Yeah, it's huge and crazy. And I didn't. Again, it's like ultimately it all made sense. And while I, you know, I like I don't I don't dislike a movie that you know lets me spend a little time going okay, I didn't, you know, and then connects the dots for me a little later which this movie does yeah but i was watching this i'm like i don't understand what's, ha- what's happening yeah, yeah and it's I, happening for a really I, long I, time yeah, me yeah. too i agree i think i think you know trying to trying to figure out what it is my understanding first of all we're seeing her giving a performance that, like, well, like literally the, the character that's the point i don't it's more like i don't know what her oh, yeah, i didn't get what happened because she left i i was confused because i'm not in on the plan yeah. she left the bag of money in the dressing room yeah. and i was like what and then she starts acting all nervous about something and we watch her be nervous so i'm doubly i'm like i don't right again yeah. 
It's a, it was just I don't a miscalculation right now. It's a miscalculation of what information the audience has. Yeah. No, no, like, oh, it's de- it's very well. No, he well, knows that's a, that we no, don't know what's happening. No, that's totally deliberate. I'm just saying I didn't like that he did that no, yeah, because I, I spent right. much too much time going. I genuinely don't understand yeah. why yeah. I'm watching this. She doesn't. She I mean, doesn't know at what point she's being watched, so she has to do this performance all the way out. And yeah, the the when she leaves the bag in the in the thing, the first time I watched it, I'm like, "What the fuck is going on? Yeah. You just what? You left the money? I don't understand what's happening at all." And then, bitch, yeah. you left the money in the dressing room. Yeah. And then, Who and then the of, money in the dressing room? of course, it all comes together when you see the other, you know, two perspectives of yeah. the scene. But. Uh, it's I just think, a risky I know, thing. I still don't quite understand. I think it's risky, but for me, it didn't well, work. But the I, length know, of like, yeah, I think the length of it is is literally going. He's showing this is what she's doing this whole time. Now I'm going to cut back to Robert Forster, and this is what he's doing during this exact time period, and this is what it uh, Lewis and and Melanie are doing. Might have been better in a different period. order, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But well, but this, I think this, this makes he me wanted more the questions, dis- yeah right? he he wanted to the disorientation. He wanted the confusion. You know, the yeah. camera alone, the way it's moving, is meant to disorient us, and and you know it's spinning around her and 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 all over the place. By the way, the um. Uh, DP Guillermo Navarro. We were talking about uh, how much we like the way this this one is shot, and he was the DP of uh, Pan's Labyrinth, among other things. Won an Oscar for that. He was riddled with Guillermo's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was. Um, I mean, he's he's he also done um, some stuff that he hasn't necessarily won Oscars for, but are still beautiful. Like he did Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim was beautiful, um, and and a bunch of other stuff. But, oh, he yeah. just likes Guillermo del Toro. Oh yeah. Well, now of course they they. They're Guillermo Bros. Yeah. Um, Aha, you can listen to every episode of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro is doing a video game. Did you hear? I did not know that. He's doing it with a right. little Robert Forster. Whoop. I'll bet you. Yeah, I bet you it's really. It's going to have a great atmosphere. He's, he's doing yeah. it with Hideo Kojima. He's doing Silent Hill. Oh, oh that's right. That's weird. with uh, with the Walking Dead guy. That's the one, right? Uh, maybe. Oof. Yeah. The guy who made Metal Gear Solid is 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 going to be on that game. Yeah, Lewis is just. Mm. He's, he's he's not slick. holding it together. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't do well under pressure. Yeah, that's exactly it. I, th- I think I think what you were saying is precisely it. It's like this is why he went to jail. <laughs> yeah, well, also, he cannot handle yeah. I mean, I remember. I, I'm still not sure. Like, I'm now now I'm assuming that what we've been talking about is right. But I recall being confused also about. I was on Lewis's side. I thought he was behaving the way he's supposed to, and the thing was that Melanie. Sure, sure. Melanie is like just distracted by everything. You're to go. It's like right. we're in the middle of a heist. Come back. Stop it. Stay here. Yeah. We're doing this now. Yeah. So I was more on like his side of things. It's true. As it's opposed true. to, yeah, it's just. I am too. I mean, they're both douchebags. I, I feel mean, like his frustration yeah. is because Melanie is flighty, not because he he's scared well, it's about both. The she's not helping. She's not. You know, she's not recognizing like this guy is gonna snap. And we are involved in a uh, what's probably several felony offenses right now, and maybe I should maybe not push his buttons so hard. Yeah. So, so, but he, but if he if he could chill just a little bit, it probably wouldn't be as bad as as he yeah. he thinks it is. This was a mistake. Yes, well, <laughs> everything happens because of this. Yes. This is what that's the trigger. But but you uh. know the bit the and and you know okay. e- even more so because he uh, um that we're, we're talking about. Uh, Max giving him, uh, you know, he looks doing over the office. And, basically, yeah, he looks over and he he sees uh, Max Cherry and he, he points and he goes, salute. "Hey, this guy, yeah, this guy right here, something's up. It's all broken now." It was a little worse because he he again, Lewis worked for uh, Max in the in the novel, so it was they they didn't even acknowledge each other. He's like, "You know who was there?" And it was really weird. It's Max Cherry and and Ordell's like, "How the yeah. fuck is oh, that not the first?" Thing? Was that weird? Yeah, you thought that was weird. Um, and that's that's how it all falls into place. And and why did Max acknowledge him? 
because he just had been seen. So he's like, hey, what's up? I think he forgot that Lewis knew who he was because um, Lewis was kind of in the back. I think we're in the shot. This is also another one. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's very it's very clever. He does this whole long thing as a wonder. And then just before the shot, he cuts to an over the shoulder. Okay. Uh, to, it's to basically him up, snapping to set up the well, he cuts to an over the shoulder for the for because to he, set up the charge to put him on a pull rig to put her on a pull rig to yank her out when she gets okay. but but because because he's done this whole one long shot and and an over the shoulder cut feels so natural there in your mind it feels like it all takes place in one long yeah. shot and it's and it's shocking well, what, and trying to answer my own question maybe one of the reasons that this doesn't seem to be pushing anyone's misogyny killing a woman yeah. here we go there's the cut yeah there's the cut See? around but you don't feel that cut. yeah exactly and so it feels like it's still in the water is because it doesn't sensationalize it you don't really see it I mean yeah. you barely you, you get you know she's been shot but we don't see like oh she's covered with blood no and she's falling yeah. on the ground and all. I mean it's it's so downplayed that but, it's, not, it's not it's it's not blood exploitation yeah but it's also it's also supposed to be like Holy shit, this guy's insane. Like yeah. it's not it's not making it like this he's the good guy. Well, do we always it's, have to kill the girl to show that the guy's insane? That's, oh, that's fair. That's true. <laughs> that's, that was my imitation of Twitter. That's a fair point but, though. Uh, yeah. That's point. what I'm saying. Why didn't it why uh, didn't it trip the trigger, you know? Is it cuz uh, does it get grandfathered in because it's 95 and we weren't so concerned <laughs> no, about well, I mean, the patriarchy yet or what? I don't he didn't kill her cuz she's a woman. He killed her cuz she's annoying. But my problem, <laughs> my problem <laughs> and that's always my answer too. Uh, <laughs> replace that with rape and it's still my answer but you can't do that anymore but the the what? i love the little i love the little Wait, what no I didn't. it's just one of those things where it's like why did you rape a woman well because we don't usually rape she was men annoying? most of the time um all right whatever. no it's about the what's exploitation versus what's you can choose, normal for the show yeah you can so. you can choose what to put into a movie well my exactly. problem, my problem and with and that scene, and i think yeah. and i'm i'm going to the point that i think some of it is how you do it right i mean the fact that melanie isn't like and then you know, her shirt flew open and her tits came out yeah. i mean it, you know it's not that it's not even exploiting the blood there isn't a drop of blood in the scene it plays out exactly like it's supposed to, yeah. which is like, holy shit, he shot her. Yeah. And, and, it's and that's also, fine. It's it's also not not the the thing is it's also not just used as, you know, she she's not just we're not just killing her for the, you know, the the you know, to to spice up the scene and, and have some shock value. It's like that actually has an effect on the plot. No, that has an effect on on what's going on. It's like, oh shit, is did did she and yeah. and is this and it, like it it complicates the plot and it complicates the plan and and stuff like that. It has ramifications. Not really. Um, not really at all. Well, yeah. Well, no, the thing is, or is killed. Or I don't want to get into this. You know, get into our dissertation again. But the you know, there, it's always a sliding scale. It's like, well, that compared to you know other example where we go, yeah, that was just purely for the shock value and titillation, right. and that's not really what you want to do. Well, it's it's a spectrum, and and it's going to land in different places. Oh, I'm just saying yeah. that she dies. She she dies because she doesn't have anything else to do for the rest of the movie, and it's fine to kill her. Like that, she dies. Doesn't it only comes up again in the van? And Ordell's like, "You shot her, really?" Well, but that's not why Ordell ends up shooting Lewis. That's just like a thing that Ordell's like, "Wow, why'd you shoot her?" Weird, and moves on. That's well, no, I, I, Mike is absolutely right. The fact that now there's a corpse of a woman in the Delamo Mall parking lot has definitely upped the ante of their little heist. That's made a big difference because that's going to be, you know, yeah, hey, let's, let's find her address. She lives with. Oh, guess who she lives with? That yeah. Ordell guy. I mean, it's all bad that yeah. he killed. It's that's not, why. That's it's why. It's not just a scintillating moment. It is a major plot point yeah. that he just whacked Melanie and left. Her laying in the Delamo <laughs> Mall parking lot. Yeah. That's very important to the plot. My, my larger problem with the scene is just that I don't buy either of them in it. I mean, you know, it, I wouldn't have been the, the second level, like, should the scene have been here or not sort of stuff wouldn't have occurred to me because I, I don't understand why Melanie thinks it's okay to be this way. 
and that's, I don't understand why he movie. thinks it's okay to kill her. Like the, I don't have a, a latch key on the human behavior in this moment that was, at I, all. I, like, uh, on the other it hand, it struck me so much like she was them. trying to get I, shot. That's, well, that's interesting because yeah, I, on that I like I said I didn't understand Jackie Brown for the first half of her own movie, but those two characters I totally got <laughs> because it's like yeah, she's an idiot bitch and he's a you know a lunatic, yeah. and you don't want to have those two be the cornerstone of your grand <laughs> scheme yeah. because that's a bad <laughs> bad way to go. But yeah. You know, Again, that, and that goes back to that go back goes back to Ordell thinking he's on top of stuff. But look at his crew. Yeah, this is his crew. This, this, this is the best he's got. This is his best and brightest, yeah. pulling off the key part of the operation. <laughs> so, so maybe it's like maybe maybe we don't need to be so happy for Jackie Brown because you know, it's like she outwitted our gang. You know, yeah. the little rascals. <laughs> she pulled a heist off the little rascals, oh. as it turns and out. And Spanky didn't see it coming. Yeah, Spanky was totally perplexed. Should have seen Alfalfa's face. And when. <laughs> When Buckwheat shot Darla, no one saw that coming. Yeah, so, I mean, his long walk in here is like, I, I, I wonder if you, t- I, I haven't tried, but I wonder if you can time it out. And it's like, yeah, his walk is as long as Jackie's walk, and their whole scene in the parking lot is the same length and stuff like that. Because it feels like that's what they're kind of doing here is he's going, this is what these characters are doing during this same time period. Yeah. It's a big dressing room. And as it happens, really Jackie huge. is doing the least. It's like, <laughs> it's like a hotel room. That is a massive dressing room. Yeah. That's a big one. I, or maybe Robert Forster's tiny. I mean, I like... I like lens. And Pam Greer. Well, this, is, this, this sort of thing goes to what I was saying about building tension is... And I, I, you know, I, and I think it's a cool thing. And now that they're... You know, once they were like, oh, we're say, I see, we're going to rush them on this and we're going to see it from multiple perspectives. Okay. And then, you know, once you've seen the rest of the pieces, you understand what, what Jackie was doing. And fine, so you know it's, it all comes together at the end. But it's, it's very cool that he's he's showing you everyone's not just giving you the information, but he's giving it you giving it to you their experience of it. Yeah. So the idea of Robert Forster going, I hope that damn money's in this dressing room, or yeah. this is all screwed up, and his his relief of like, and it is okay, good. And he's showing you everyone as if everyone's in their own movie. He's showing yeah. you three different movies of. This is how they experienced it, and this is what was tense for them, and this is when they knew they were okay, and this is when they knew they weren't okay. No. Yep, because now is, he's it is, it now is he's tense. doing the long walk out. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. and you're waiting to like you know is is you know Keaton gonna come running in? No, because Keaton's mm-hmm. over there. We know that Keaton's at the other at the in the food court with Jackie. So, but it's still nerve wracking carrying a bunch of money over. Yeah, there. you just know. I mean, well, we just had a movie, you know. Someone just got popped and we never saw it coming. And that's what these kind of scenes are about. You're just waiting. A sniper is going to blow his head off. I mean, Tarantino, anything can happen. It's Tarantino. Like, I was expecting, I was so expecting because I was like, oh, Tarantino, you son of a bitch, because it's exactly (laughs) what you would do. We'd watch all of this. And either for some reason he'll explain later, either Porsche's car is going to explode. He closes the door and the yeah, he's going to do a full-on casino. Or as this, the scene that comes up next, where he drives out, he's going to get like eight miles away, and we're going to see him just get side mm-hmm. sideswiped by a semi or something like that. Like because life is random yeah. in a Tarantino world. I like I like even that moment where it cuts to the mall exit, and the it cuts just as the door is opening, and it's like oh shit. You yeah. just, it doesn't play it up. Yeah. But oh, Robinson May, that's what I was talking about. Uh, not Macy's. But um, the, the, just as the door's opening, you see it moving, you're like, oh shit. But then it, it doesn't play it up, it doesn't make a thing, and then it's nobody coming out. You know, it's just yeah. a, a couple of, a couple of women who've gone across about their business. And it's like, oh, sweet. So why didn't this movie do as well? 
Well, That's there's been two guys the whole saying. movie talking about how they were confused at various parts throughout. It. <laughs> I yeah, would, but I was saying that's, it's not that only happens after you get in the door. Yeah, yeah I so. guess that's true. It didn't. It didn't have the. Uh, well, it didn't have the word of mouth. Well, people, it did pretty well. I mean, it made its money back. It was yeah. only twelve million. No, it, to did, make it. it did okay, but, but like, it didn't do. It wasn't like from the maker of Pulp Fiction. Yeah, because ah! I think I think the reason it didn't do as well is when you come out of Pulp Fiction, you go, "Holy shit!" Grab your whole family, come back. We're going to go yeah. see this movie, and then each one of them does that. Yeah, and they just keep... uh, you watch Pulp Fiction, and you go, "You've never seen anything like this." Oh my god! And you watch Jackie brown you go well that was that was you've seen things yeah. like this yeah it was cool but i liked it but you've and that, you know and it's not an inconsiderable factor that you know two and a half hours you probably yeah. one less what, showing one less po- showing per day i like so. i like the way he tries and now he's that this character again like he was he was the lunatic for a while and now he's now he's a chill guy and he's like well, i just it's yeah. like it's like he's talking about how he how he you know he he lost a book or something yeah he's like, really, Look, i just i i don't have your 20 dollars. i'm sorry i put it down I'll get it, you it a new was, white girl i walked sorry. away it's yeah yeah. He's he's like it's just the way he's he's playing it so understanding like, like yeah he yeah. doesn't understand it's not a human life it's just a thing yeah. he's like look I look yeah. I, I was under pressure you it's, weren't there man it was yeah. it, it, it was tough she was just nagging me and even even the little bit and again it's such you know uh, it's possible people like I don't get it but I'm like oh my god it's such a human thing where it's like yeah I I think she's dead like he he t- softens yeah. it just cuz that's a compulsion I I think yeah. she's dead. It's well, like I, I, went, I went the oh, other I way with it. I went the other way with it, especially because they hadn't shown us the aftermath. It's like, maybe she's not dead. Maybe we're going to go with Melanie in the hospital. Yeah. And she, oh, she's still being a bitch and fucking everyone's... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> After all that, she isn't yeah. even dead. She can still mess with everybody. Well, even dead, she's fucking... <laughs> yeah, if she was pissed before, imagine how pissed she's going to be now. <laughs> it's funny. We, it was. It happened. It, it passed right by, but I, I wanted to... One of the things I just... You know, oh, Tarantino, look at you go. Is the scene uh, when she's laying on the couch and kind of poking him with the foot and he's already getting tense and going, ah, get away from mm-hmm. me. Is, you know, they're watching Dirty Mary Crazy Larry starring her dad. That's, mm-hmm. you know, Peter Fonda. They <laughs> get to Peter Fonda on the screen. It's like, ah. yes, Tarantino, we know. Yes, a 70s exploitation movie. You couldn't get Peter, so you got his daughter. We get it. But she's out of the movie now. But I, I was I was expecting... You know, since again, since it was so downplayed, and this whole idea of like, well, if she's dead or not is also critical information. Yeah, um, is uh, I was kind of halfway thinking she's not so much dead, but uh, you know, that was just a just a red herring in my brain. It wasn't the movie. I almost feel like here, uh, Lewis, the way he played that line just then, Lewis knows he's he's about to get shot. Lewis knows he's about to get killed, and just just the fact his last. Almost his last words, his last indignant thing is like, "Can't believe you thought I pulled." He's like, "How yeah. dare you?" I-, I can't believe you asked me that. <laughs> like, that that's yeah. the thing. He's like, "I just want you to understand, I'm really hurt." Yeah. You said that was that. yeah, shooting me. I get, but yeah. that question was was <laughs> was insulting. No, yeah. I love this shot. The yeah. shot where he kind of like, all right, Sam Jackson takes all the information, assimilates it. <laughs> yeah. and just it's a 10 second shot of him thinking. Yeah, yeah. Or actually, more like 20 or 30 seconds. I talk about tension. It's like because you and you don't know. It's like it's Jackie. Either he's. He's gonna do it, or he's not gonna do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and and when again, this is kind of a uh, this is kind of a surprise because as soon as he says it's Jackie Brown, as soon as you're yeah. like, oh, oh, Lewis he's in, the, in the, clear. the clear, yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, he's 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 okay. Like, no, no, he's not okay. No, he's still mad. Yeah, <laughs> no. So you're you're also a problem. Now yeah. I just got to clean the whole thing out, get rid of everybody. Man, that ponytail. And Lewis thinks Something he's okay, too, just so the way gross. he's playing it. Yeah. The ponytail is amazing in, from here afterwards when he lets it down yeah. for the rest of the movie. It's all teased out and just yeah. straight and like ironed and yeah. just yeah. gross looking. The, the, well, wig, that's a, the wig gets its own credit in the credits, and rightly so. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. 
<laughs> I didn't notice that. That's as I actually I think maybe he is. I think maybe Lewis was going to be okay until he said, "Oh, yeah, I saw Max Cherry," and he's like, "Yeah, oh, that's yeah, that's the oh, all right. Oh, that's man. three you fucking idiots yeah. for one conversation. You're out." Yeah, I could have cleaned it up, but now it's now. It's just it's just too much of a mess. Yeah. But why why did Ordell ever trust him in the first place? Why <laughs> that's exactly obviously what I'm obviously he's <laughs> yeah. fucking dumb. Because that's all these. Because yeah, here's where like now, okay, now I'm shooting you. Yeah, now I'm shooting you. <laughs> Ah man, that was a great reaction. Yeah. Just the, the the okay, all right. Nope, I'm gonna say it. You know what? <laughs> like I'm gonna calm down. No, I'm not. Fuck this. I love. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Did do they do they know each other? Yeah. And I will strike down upon thee with furious anger. <laughs> Here he goes. Yeah. And this is another another great shock because again in in a similar way to to the Wonner, it's like we've been in this setup for quite some time. You know, we've been cutting back and forth to this setup. Yeah. So the fact that there's a squib loaded, <laughs> hey you're you're not going to see that coming. And I love the bird. The birds. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't yeah. noticed that the, when he fires the gun, the birds in the background fly yeah. away. Yeah. I'm sure that was As they would. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sure it was just what happened. It was just what happened when this when the squid bang. <laughs> went Tarantino off. was like, "Oh my god, that was awesome. <laughs> that was the greatest thing." It's one of those moments you talk about where it's like when something like spectacular happens at a take, everyone's just like, "No one lose their yeah, mind." That's right. We know for oh. a fact if we just stick the landing on this, this yeah. take is this in the is movie. So in the movie, it's if like we a, use it. it's like a guy in a fucking cowboys. With me, throws yeah. a hat across the room and it lands. Yeah, it lands like, right where it's Anything oh. I say right now is going to be in the movie. Just get to the end of the scene. So, uh, you kept saying the running time. Who is it saying? Who's saying the running time? We've talked about it. Oh, this movie? That this is too long and that's part of why it didn't do as well? Maybe. It has the exact same running time as Pulp Fiction. No. Yes. So, it lost because Pulp Fiction was a phenomenon. Right. Yeah. This was an okay movie but if, that had the... I, you know, I I'm just like, saying, you know, this would have been better if it, you know, could have been better if it had... An extra showing per day. Because sure, it might have been it might have been more successful than it was if it had been shorter. Because people yeah. could have gone, well, it's not crazy like Pulp Fiction, but you know, it's it's a good. I mean, you know, why wasn't Zodiac huge and Fight Club was sort of uh, thing? Yeah. Well, that's definitely a running time thing because I think Zodiac's about twice as long. It's as three Fight hours, Club, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah. No. Well, whatever would be the better one. No, I know, I, but I, I get Dragon Tattoo sure. maybe, where it's like fla- Fight Club's just flashy as shit and it's fun to watch. You know, you tell your friends you got to go see yeah. Fight Club. That's a fun movie. You know, you just, Zodiac is like, yeah, it's a good think piece. It's tone poem. Nine hours long. You'll enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Just like Pulp Fiction, it's like no one had ever seen that before, right? Well, Fight Club. Yeah. Fight Club. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. that's why, that's the comparison well, in my head. Where one of them is you tell people to go go but, fucking see Fight Club. But go the question fucking see of any, why any movie is successful or not, I mean, there's people, entire floors of office buildings that don't know the answer, but it's their job. <laughs> so, you know, we're not going to sort it out here. But, um, no. What if we there's did? No, there's no... Stars in the lead, two point two. I mean, that's yeah. we we'll go with the easy ones. Or Robert De Niro, and well, he's not in the lead, and oh. uh, you know, you wouldn't know he was in the movie for the most part. Someone tried to tell me the other day the reason I saw it online. Someone said, you know, hey, good, good job, Guardians of the Galaxy, for not having stars. And someone said it's got Vin Diesel and Bradley Cooper and Glenn Close. It's like, okay, you are so out of touch that yeah. you think two people who aren't in the advertising or on screen, and a woman who hasn't carried a movie for twenty five years. Yeah. 
count as stars. That's yeah. Yeah, your definition is that's kind of off. That's definitely why people went to see Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, because Glenn Close. Glenn Close. Oh, Holy man. shit, Glenn Close, you guys. Um, and Bradley Cooper's voice. Uh, so, yeah. So, that, again, so that's, that's the alchemy. It's like, well, why is Guardians of the Galaxy a big hit? Eh, no one really fucking knows. You know, just make it a good movie and, and, you know, count your blessings that you didn't have to work in a bank. But the... the <laughs> Or be a stewardess and steal money. It's, you know, there's rougher ways to make a living. I don't know where Michael Keaton is right now, but wherever he is, he's figuring something out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's thinking. Just like he's figuring something. He's like and he's twitching. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, it's, it's, this is kind of amazing for her because, like, she's legitimately scared. It's like, okay, the plan is still kind of working, but it's kind of not. Yeah. Melanie getting killed works for me, so I'm, I'm folding it in. Yeah. But I'm still freaked out because Melanie got killed and I don't know what's going on. Exactly. And of course, you know, regardless of, what anyone did or didn't do, Michael Keaton is perfectly capable of ruining the rest of her life just yeah. because he can do it. Yeah. So, so the uh, <laughs> the idea is, you know, how do I play this? Because he kind of likes me and he kind of <laughs> wants to trust me. How do I, you know, how do I do this? So she plays back, you know, she plays back with anger, like "Get out of my face! <laughs> Get out yeah. of my face!" You know, as opposed to like playing the other card, like "I don't know, I don't know." But to be mad, like "I did everything you told me to." Yeah. To come back at him with anger is... Uh, Try to a, get him on the defensive yeah, instead. A risky choice, but, yeah. you know, there you go. But and she's scared. Know, she's see, now she's bringing it. She's like, oh, I'm, you know, now I just got to wait. <laughs> I just got to yeah. wait for them to come back in the room and tell me what my what the rest of my life's going to be like. Yeah. So. That I get. And again, all this is great. And so, so now I'm going, oh, okay, so Pam Greer can act. It's just for some reason, you know, she wasn't this at the first half of the movie. For too long, for my personal taste, she was too much of a sh- a, a blank schmoo um, <laughs> until until she started to to take control. Let me ask you this, Mike: Why do you like this movie? What's the take home for you? Uh, for well, for me again, it's it's the the movie character stuff. Or is it plot stuff? Uh, just just it it all comes together. It's a it's a really solid, really uh, for me entertaining movie. I'm you know I kind of see a little bit more each time I watch it and, and more than anything more than um, the, the main reason it's the that mall I you like the mall yeah, it was, it was he the likes mall, the mall because I remember all of those places I've eaten at all of them except for Orange Julius I never really cared for them I never but, actually had an Orange um, Julius sorry go on the uh, cut to the five minute conversation about Orange Julius yeah. is the best you <laughs> the uh I don't know what you're it's talking really about. It's fascinating, I think. It's but it's fascinating. It's fascinating to watch this, yeah. and I think you're make, you making a comparison. To Fight Club is great. It's like if all David Fincher did was like movies like Fight Club. After a while, it's kind of like okay, well, come on, and yeah. and especially if he'd done Fight Club and Zodiac, and nobody likes Zodiac, so he went back to just doing Fight Club all the time. It's like, well, but you you could have done the, like he Fincher actually took the path of I'm going to make move, real movies I'm going to go make now. some movies yeah. yeah and and Tarantino went I'm going to continue making <laughs> cartoons <laughs> and yeah so you're Michael Bay's your Tarantino's your yeah so Kevin I, Smith's I that's I, a weird I, list I watch this yeah. movie I watch this movie and I go I wish you know I I love Kill Bill and I've I've enjoyed the movies that he's made since then not in Glorious Pastors now he's now he's hiding out of Chiranda so there she is again uh, and only um, with Lewis that's what I'm saying is that Chiranda yeah that's Chiranda yeah. okay so Chiranda isn't just how do you dumb, live like this a dumb hick yeah. she's also a druggie yes or she's become one I kind of read it like you know well just being around this this horrible people yeah you yeah. know this, she's been corrupted and now she's just a druggie mm-hmm. banging anyway. seventy gram rocks but anyway, um just, just as a matter of watching it and going I wish. I wish uh, Tarantino took the path where he made films like this. I'd like to see him make another movie like this. Eh, everyone else makes movies like this. You know, 
I, but he makes him. But making him his I, I'm, way. I'm worried about yeah. losing Tarantino you know? movies that only Tarantino would make mm-hmm. in that process. If he got, if he got oh, yeah, about, I, you know, I, I'm I, glad Tar- I, no one else could have made Kill Bill. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad sure. that he did that. You know, um, that's. I wouldn't mind if he did both. I would trade Inglorious Bastards for another one of these. Yeah, that one I still haven't seen. Oh, I, see, I think of Inglorious Bastards as another one of these. I haven't heard of. I haven't. In however long since that movie came out, I haven't heard anyone say a single thing that made me interested in ever seeing that movie. Yeah. Glorious uh, Bastards. Yeah, Ugh. but um, so you haven't seen it. That's right. Okay. <laughs> no one has ever convinced me why I should bother to see that movie. Um, I don't like that movie. Is it? I've seen a funny clip of Brad Pitt yelling at people, and I was like, Yeah, yeah. sound good. I, I do like Brad Pitt, but you know. that clip is a lie because yeah. that's not the movie. So that's there you exactly. go. So exactly. So you know, anyway, so you know. It, Tarantino can make whatever he wants. I like this movie a lot. I I you I think it's love I, it. It's perfect. Yeah, it's, it's perfectly. I would I would trim twenty minutes out yeah. of it. Uh, you know, if I was a studio exec. But uh, you know, there, so there's your there's your Pulp Fiction fallout. It's like, oh, you're the guy that made Pulp Fiction. Yeah, make it as long as you want to. You're a genius. Uh, <laughs> right. You have again, complete freedom. And there's nothing nothing wrong with that. It's perfectly fine. Yeah. It's again we. I think we can't help but put ourselves in the blockbuster mentality. It's like, oh, so a small film for all of $12 million, which even in 95 is not an expensive film. Um, $12 million and it kind of more or less made its money back. That's what movies are supposed to be. Yeah. Movies aren't all supposed to be Star Wars. They're just supposed to be things that you make and entertain people for two to two and a half hours, if you like, at a time and make a mild profit. That's what movies have been for yeah. 70 years and stopped being 20 years ago. And uh, so, yeah, there's there's no, there's no reason to object to this movie's existence and no reason not to go, yeah, a perfectly acceptable movie that I watched that I enjoyed and had interesting director and was full of interesting performances. And so that's, that's, that's the baseline of what a movie should <laughs> be. And it's perfectly great at that. It's occurring to me, like, I'm trying to figure out what the thing is because I like this movie fine. It's just, I don't, like I said, I don't care hard. Uh, and I wonder if it's just because it's. I think well, it's a I smaller. Think it's a smaller story. I, it's, I, I think I'm. It's I mean, characters having problems with each other. It's not the big thing you imagine Tarantino doing with you know, Crazy Eighty Eight and shit. Yeah. It's just it's a movie about characters that have yeah. a problem with each other and deal with it in a largely linear fashion. Yeah. It just it's not you know it's not this movie's fault that Pulp Fiction is really memorable. Right. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, don't, get, I you mean, don't get these kinds of characters in every single movie that's linear and straightforward. Yeah, they're they're and, they're big uh, and Tarantino drippy characters. That's I, I it's think, got that going I for think it. That's the thing that Tarantino and Scorsese have going for them is that even their bad stuff sometimes it's like, well, that's still interesting it's, to watch. Yeah, it's yeah. still fun to watch a character do that. This there's is more mo- like there's still scenes well, and moments in any any Scorsese film. You go, this is a really cool scene. Though. Yeah, we've kept. I mean, we keep making comparisons, but I think this movie in particular is valid. This this is very much like a Scorsese movie. Uh, in a lot hmm. of ways, it's it's very Certainly character is, driven. Yeah, it's, yeah. Very, it's very about a heist. Yeah. You know, with ten years long. eleven years long. You put a kid through college oh, while watching. You. It. I like Scorsese. <laughs> yeah. I like actually. I like I like this movie about as much as like an average Scorsese movie. Yeah. Uh, this isn't. You know, I I really like Wolf of Wall Street. I like The Aviator. I like Casino. And then the other ones is like, well, I'd watch that movie again, but I don't care. You know, it's not one that I think of. That's yeah. this for me. I think this is. I think this is the the main reason I wanted to you know curate this and and it's your make, movie. Make sure people see it's it. free country. It's Justi- a free podcast. Justify yourself. Is Mike. to is because you know there's there's an it's, image in your head when you say Tarantino movie. There's an image in your head of of you know this this big thing and it's like 
I, Tim I, Roth bleeding in a backseat. Yeah, I would just like people to see that there is this other thing he did once, and isn't it fascinating? Yeah. And you can kind of expand your horizon of what Tarantino is capable of, and and you know, imagine if he maybe did this again. He's actually said um, before before he decided to move on Hateful Eight, or maybe Hateful Eight is is what he considers to be this. Um, he was saying he wanted to do a small, another small movie, like a Jackie Brown type of movie, and I was like, oh, hell yes, yeah. please do one do of those. It. I would love to see another one of these. I'm thinking now about what I what I would make me like this movie more. It's called Death Proof. Oh, fucking Death <laughs> Proof. I forgot about uh. Death Proof. Anyway, uh, what I would like about this movie, if, if, if they had done this, I would like the movie more, and I think the answer is simply I... I'd like it more if I understood it better the first time I watched it. Um, he's playing fast and loose as the directors want to do with what the audience knows and what they don't and building suspense and there's a bomb under the table. Who knows? And all these pieces of information that he'll drip them out at one piece, you know, one part or another. And that's the craft of tone and revealing fun yeah, beats storytelling. and storytelling. <laughs> uh, I at like basically at no point during this movie did I understand anything that was going on in the entire heist plot. Like even at the end of the movie, I can't tell you right now what happened in the heist plot. Now I'm I'm am an idiot, but I'm also like the audience surrogate in that I'm an idiot. Yeah. Maybe I'd like it more if it was a little bit more clear. If someone had said out loud what the thing was, I didn't realize that there was a double cross happening. Uh, I didn't realize that the other black lady, the the uh, Supremes black lady, did a bag thing. Yeah, I, I thought I was, Forrester was getting confused. I was unclear on that, and I was especially unclear that that was the Supremes lady. That I never one, put yeah. that together until Mike no, said mind, so. My, my last little thing on this. That is unclear. I'm but never going to make an argument for a movie to be dumber. I'll just I'll just not make the argument as would opposed have, to making that have, argument. Would have helped if she had the supreme stress on. <laughs> no, it would have helped. It's, it's more like I just had trouble tracking what's happening not, and who not knows still what. the right choice. And then when and then when she goes off and she tells like the the <laughs> dep- uh, the firearms guy the, everything that's exactly the truth and tells Ardell everything that's exactly the truth. At that point, I just get confused where it's like that's I think that she's telling the truth. Yeah, maybe I just don't get what she's saying. I just, so, I, it was never, she doesn't even have a plan. Maybe I was she very, just misunderstood what was supposed exactly, to happen. Exactly. I was just never very clear on what everyone knew and what their intentions were uh and as a result of that as opposed to sort of tracking with the movie and being engaged with it i was more just sort of watching it and being surprised when what's what's shots uh, would change what's funny is besides besides what she's doing all of that is on the table in in but it's it's like counterintuitive because movies like this don't put everything on the table normally and so the fact that everything is on the table you almost go like well okay so there's yeah. got to be more that what i'm not I being told you're not missing anything this it's <laughs> happening in front of your eyes yeah there's got to be more i'm not being told because that's not how movies work she like and no you're going to try and steal the money from those other guys yeah. and you're going to watch yeah and you know <laughs> this is something like these things all have answers the things that i was confused about all have answers it's not that there aren't answers it's that the first time i watched the movie I wasn't able to track with it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I think I would like the movie more if that now whether or not that'd be a better movie. Now, if you probably have, fucking not. If you have lots of you know because we've already referenced it before. So if you have lots of more sound and light and color and action and visual effects and talking raccoons, an entire movie that is incomprehensible can be perfectly fine. Yeah. Hello, Guardians of the Galaxy. Because you know I don't I couldn't I can't tell you the plot of the Guardians of the Galaxy. There was a glowy purple thing, and everyone wanted the thing. And there were a lot of people who wanted that thing, and I don't know how, what half those people were doing in that movie. And the raccoon was punching, and the raccoon was punching, the horse were punching, oh and the God. tree was smiling, and <laughs> and you know, I was like, I, I I literally liked a half hour, and I was like, okay, 
the part of my brain that's trying to understand what in the fuck is happening in this movie needs to just sit down and chill. And the color and light cotton candy part of my brain just needs to go, we're just going to take it from here. And the movie's fine because it doesn't matter what the fuck is going on in Guardians of the Galaxy. It's not a kind of movie. This kind of movie is kind of maybe a little more reliant on the audience being engaged in the heist since that's what the movie's about. So, so, and I'm, I'm maybe not as extreme as, yeah. as you are, you know, and this, I, but you know, we're on the same track here. Yeah. It's like, I certainly for the first half, I was like, yeah. but seriously, what's happening yeah. and why are we watching it? Once, and why is it happening so slowly? But it once all, you've seen it, all the pieces. I think yeah. It all pays off in the end. Real but, projection here, I think. But I had to watch the whole movie yeah, before but, I liked the movie. And and goes to, well, yeah. why isn't this such yeah. a success? It's, well, like, it's like, you know, the word of mouth is kind of like, you know, well, the first hour is kind of, it's okay after that, but the first hour is kind of a slag, you know. Um, I don't think we would be the first humans to say that about this movie. Over the last few years, I've been hatching this overall theory that, and it's a crazy fucking theory. It's probably not right. It's insane. I think Whatever the, it is. I, I think 50% of why Star Wars happened is because everyone understands the moment of Han coming back at the end of the, at the Death Star. Oh, yeah. When he Absolutely. shows up and says Yahoo, everyone is elated at that moment because yeah. they understand everything that's happening in a my really complex didn't. emotional my way. My dad didn't, actually. Really? <laughs> no shit? Specifically, my oh, dad. Oh, my theory sucks. I had to, no, no. Well, he's one person of oh, okay. all the millions of that I'm aware of. Uh, but your dad was like, I thought he was. I thought he left. He came back. Yeah, so he's oh. like, he'd understand that that was Han Solo coming back. But you know, in any case, well, at that point, you don't. Yeah, I guess it may be. But your, now, your point is perfectly valid. My point is that all the all the, the emotional have been, payoff of that happening yes. is entirely the result of everyone understanding the, the relevance of it happening. Yes. And when you can understand the relevance of it happening, the moment it happens, it's this huge moment in your heart and in your head and in your movie space in your head that you're watching this film in. And that just blows everyone away. It's like, ah, that's so much what I wanted to have. He showed up and he helped save the day. Kind of. That level of engagement, I think, is like what pushed Star Wars over the edge because it's not that moment that the movie is that engaging that everyone understands the relevance of that moment. The clarity of everyone's purpose as they're, you know, intersecting with each other in that movie allows for things like that to happen. And I think that's the X factor that Star Wars had over, I don't know, fucking Logan's run. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, exactly. That. that's why when people say Guardians of the Galaxy is the new Star Wars, I say absolutely not because Star Wars had such a clear and linear plot, and that's the thing that <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy absolutely does yeah. not. Um, that yes, you don't have to be you know you don't have to be a comic book reader to understand Star Wars, right? Not because there wasn't one to read, but yes, you know a three year old can understand the plot of Star Wars. Yeah, these guys are the bad guys. These guys are the good guys. Bad guys are trying to kill the good guys. Good guys don't want to get killed mm. and go. You yeah. know, this guy in the middle kind of doesn't know sides. which side he wants to be on. Yeah, exactly. Surprise, he's on the good guy's side. Oh, and that's how the good guys win. And cool. I li- it's, it's peekaboo. Th- thank I, you, movie. I get it. I liked him. Yeah. I hoped he would do that. Yeah, exactly. That's nice. That reaffirms what I like to think about humanity. Whereas As opposed movie, to Guardians of the Galaxy, which is like, who well, the fuck cares and what's going on? So yeah. that's, why, that's why it can't be, you know, it's not the new Star Wars. Whereas in this movie, like, nothing a character can do in this movie would surprise me. Because I don't have any expectation of what anyone in this movie is going to do. Anyone might do anything. Like, I don't have a model of the character in my head. Like, that's why I'm, yeah. I get kind of weirded out by the fact that Ordell, I just get different. Like, every single scene, I think a different thing about him. And it doesn't add up. It doesn't accumulate into what a complex character. It accumulates into, I have no idea what the fucking character is. When I can't model the, the people and their intentions and what they want, it's just I'm not even, like, really engaged with the movie. I'm just sort of, like, watching it. I can't be surprised when he shoots her because I, I thought either he would have or didn't. 
you know, it's just weird. Well, she shoots it's, him. It's just hard to keep. Well, I mean, no. uh, and that's, uh, Melanie. And it's I, it's just hard to keep the movie in your head if you don't have the pieces that are. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. I agree I with did, you, I but didn't the, have the, the problem with that. I problem, agree with personally. you, and, I, and I, I agree with you. But the character I had that problem the most with is the title character. Oh, I did too. <laughs> she, you know, I she, did too. She was the one I just didn't have a handle on. Like, what, 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 what do you want? You know, again, it sort of grew out organically. But it's just that for for whatever combination of factors, that first you know the first third of the movie, I just wasn't getting the information that, that I needed anyway about like well okay so why are you the star of this movie and what is your thing and and what do I want what do I want what do you want and what do I want for you and I just had no idea it's like I I guess I don't want you to be arrested for a crime that you may have committed I don't know if you're a good person or a bad person yet. So, so yeah, it's just, oh, was, that's what it is. It's the significant, it's the context. Uh, you, you can't be surprised by a character yeah. if you don't have a starting point for them. Like it's when at the end of kill bill, when you meet bill and he's sweet and he's adorable and he's being great with the kid and everything that is really surprising and engaging. Cause you have a sense of like, bill is this fucking psychopath. He's yeah. an evil dickish guy. You have that in your head. So when you meet him and he's not that, or at least not ostensibly, <laughs> he you're can like, be both. you're like, the, you're like, holy shit, this is really fascinating. I didn't expect yeah. that. But if you didn't really know the significance of Bill's a psychopath, he's killing people. Maybe he has regrets. Maybe he doesn't. When you see this nice guy at the end of the movie, it doesn't have the impact of holy shit. I had no, I, you know, so when there's not this, I don't have a particular understanding of who Jackie is at the beginning of the movie. So what should be surprising things that her character does that you didn't see that coming, did you? Don't actually surprise me because I don't know where to start from. Like the surprise would be the thing that isn't what's expected. I don't have an expectation yet. I I, I just... I, I would I'm, say the thing to do is just take her at face value, frankly, because, I mean, with, with Bill, again, it's a heightened story. These are heightened characters. You know, you have to explain who Bill is. You have to explain who Darth Vader is. You don't have to explain who a cop is. It's like, he's a cop. But you do have uh, to explain you, who a person who I still, I've seen the entire movie. Is she a stewardess or does she just work the desk or both? She's a stewardess. Okay. Thank you. I wish the movie had told me that. Um, <laughs> I guess I gather... Well, you know. I gather she works, uh, show don't tell, I gather she works <laughs> on such a small airline that she does both, that she checks you in and then gets on the plane yeah. with you and whatever. I kind of got that. But anyways, but it's... Well, they mentioned uh, in the film that she works well, on the shittiest it's, airline To my larger world. point is, is I had to work that out. You know, it's like I had to like kind of by the end, I think I know what her job is. Um, and that's and that's part of, that's part of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be antique side of this, you know, this, uh, that... It's not just that, and I think I kind of stumbled into it myself, is the real thing is like she she walks off the plane the first time we meet her. She's got a bag full of money. She gets pulled over by DEA agents mm-hmm. or whatever, ATF or whatever these guys are, and lights a cigarette. And the whole time, I don't know, is she a mule? Is this her heist? Is she in trouble? Is she this part of her plan? Is, is she, she upset? Is she framed? sad? Is she sorry? Is she pissed? Yeah. I wasn't getting any information about that. And I'm like, I, I, I like the DEA guys. Maybe, yeah. maybe the movie's about them, and it's about this this woman who is implacable and might be from an off world kick murder squad. I don't they, know. That scene is where they explain all the stuff you're asking about, though. That's that's what literally scene? where they say where she's having a cigarette, and they're like, "Oh, your name is Jackie Brown. You're a stewardess on this airline because you were." That's you were right, and I don't know if thing. any of that's true, and I don't know if how she feels about any of it because uh-huh. she's she's her eyes are a shiny mirror, and and that's what I'm saying is. The first half of the movie, I thought, oh, that's a shame that Pam Greer can't act anymore or never could. But then she starts, you know, then yeah. it all starts to work. And I, I, you know, 
I can't tell you, doctor. I can only tell you that it hurt for 45 minutes. Old people kissing. saying. And I'm telling you <laughs> as best I can where it hurt. <laughs> so it's like for the first 45 minutes, and I'm glad that I'm not the only one with the <laughs> symptoms. So it's not just a syndrome. It might be a real disease. <laughs> that uh, The back half of this movie is a lot stronger than the front half of the movie. And I think the movie would have been better for me and maybe better at the box office, but no one can know for sure. If there had been less front half of the movie and gotten to the back half a little faster and a little more efficiently, where the good stuff is, full yeah. frontal. Something. I think. I yeah. think here's the moment where she's basically saying, "If you, when she says I'll send you a postcard, it's like I'm going to tell you where I am. If you change that's, your mind, that's why I thought it was open ended. Yeah, you, you know, it's not like the door is closed and yeah. we'll never see each other again. It's like if you, you know, you're not ready to close the office today. Yeah, you probably got a lease and stuff like that, but you know, the door is open. Yeah. Forrester's got a face that wants a mustache. He's got like that, like, and also that she's like, "Don't say goodbye." He's got like that nine-foot cliff between his nose and his lip that you just want to put a mustache there. Oh, and by the way, I just I remembered where we all have seen presumably Forrester most recently is the Descendants. I'm gonna hit you. (laughs) Oh, fucking, that's him. Yeah, Yeah. as the as the what? He's the 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 grandfather. Grandfather, yeah, the the dad of the. And uh, he has that great moment, like where he just walks up to the 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 kid and goes, "I'm gonna hit you." Oh. And then socks him. <laughs> and then just punches him. You expect this is going to be like a scene, but no. He walks up and says, I'm oh, going to hit you. Gotcha, and gotcha. then he hits him. Right. And it's hilarious. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, because he's going to. He's got a two head. A what? Instead of a forehead. Oh, two head. Two head. I get you. Yeah, he's still got the lipstick on. I didn't notice nice that. Nice touch. Jagger Hoover over here. <laughs> <laughs> You've cracked the case more already. So yeah, and I thought this was like kind of interesting directorial style because you know this he walks he out walks of out focus. of focus and you know doesn't follow him because he was only truly in focus and focused That's when Jackie right. Brown was in well, focus. He lost his focus. Uh, it's just would be amazing is if he starts the movie by walking yeah. out, walking into focus. Does he do that? I don't think he does. It's no. it, you just see him at the he's desk, at right? The desk. But he he he's going somewhere kind of private. You know, the the movie is basically like okay, he's going over there now. <laughs> We're not going to share this space with him. To kind of have his little breakdown, and this is such a Tarantino. In fact, another movie, at least one other movie of his, ends exactly like this. Yeah, Kill Bill uh, ends like this. All is well in the jungle. Yeah. You know, I you know I like this movie fine. The more I think about it, uh, you know, I sound more intense about it than I feel just because I'm trying to articulate weird thoughts. But yeah, it's it's okay. It's not one that I'll go back to that often. Um, I'm glad I saw it. Uh, I was <laughs> that's ultimately the point. Uh, that's yeah. the point. Um, yeah. If for no other reason than it expands the context of who Tarantino is. Yeah. Um, and I like Pam Greer. I haven't seen her much of her, I guess, since this. But I five Pam Greer. And yeah. <laughs> Anthony, do your wrap up on uh, Jacket Brown. Jacket Brown! Jacket Brown. Jacket Brown. Let me rock Jacket Brown. I hope he makes more movies like this. I hope he, make, he does more uh, of the simple stuff instead of continuing to make cartoons like Mike was saying. Mm. Um, I like the characters a lot. I don't know why. I just like, like. I think this is amazing that this is still like it was on her for like that hit entire song. Yeah, <laughs> just singing yeah. along with it. Pretty much covered the whole thing. Um, and th- th- she had this whole range of emotions. She's like, I got away and I'm happy, but now I'm sad. And it's yeah. fantastic. Sorry, go ahead. Hearing, hearing, hearing everything you guys are saying, it's like I should not. There's no reason I should like the first half as much as I do. <laughs> but I, I just, like it. The still. characters are great. Yeah, I like the characters a lot. I, I, I mean, that for me is like, like going back to what I said earlier about Tarantino and Scorsese. It's like I just get engrossed in it because there's something interesting and fascinating about it. 
that I don't get that quality I don't get in a lot of other movies. So even Tarantino's worst film, uh, Death Proof, it's like it's still more fascinating to watch than a lot of mainstream stuff you see. For me, it's not a good movie. It does rub you in, but there's yeah. When you think something might happen, it, right. <laughs> it keeps your attention. Right. So it's there's still really cool stuff in that film, and I think that he he just brings that kind of quality to every film he does. So he can't not do that. No. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And so that I guess that's what reels me in and. Yeah. I enjoyed all the actors in the film, so I enjoyed De Niro a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, it's but, not a film that comes up in conversation yeah. a lot, though. I'll, I'll admit, yeah. you know, people don't mention it. It's a funny, lot. How, yeah. Some some films just completely disappear off the radar, you know, and and even bi- films that were big at the time suddenly don't get talked about ten yeah. years later. Hotel for Dogs. <laughs> anyway, Trey. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, always, always Michael. Going, Michael gets the closing can... argument. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, it is, it's well. At least I've gotten. At least I've seen it. <laughs> Michael can't tell me I need to see Jackie Brown anymore. <laughs> Get that out of the way. I get. I just this. I have to all be very careful. I have to be very careful that you know not everything has to be the Avengers. It's like yeah. this is a movie that I watched. I didn't thoroughly love, but I admired many aspects of it. And I see that Tarantino is a very gifted director with a very unique vision and a, a certain set of gifts. Had I been there, I would have said maybe lose about 20 minutes out of the first act, Quentin. And I personally would like this movie even more. But that didn't happen, never will happen, and didn't need to happen. But, uh, you know, we got two and a half hours to talk about stuff, so we have to say things like that. It's It's... I, I, not every movie has to be the greatest movie ever made. Some movies just need to be a movie you watch and go, that was fun. And uh, this one is. I think it's very Japanese in the way he does things. It's like Japanese movies are kind of long. They have long takes. Uh, but, well, they do that. There's basically everyone but America does that. And I would say his model yeah. is probably more French than Japanese. Um, but, okay. but this, uh, this so, podcast had that sentence on it. Yeah, yeah. wow. Dig us. Go. Well, it's, I, I see... I see <laughs> when a movie like that, I think we talked about it when we around when we were around. We didn't. Oh, that we never really, actually. That was just really cultured and area. We never actually did. We didn't do Death Proof, but we did Planet Terror. Yeah, we did and Planet we Terror. Talked about contrasting that with Death Proof, in which we talked about you know Death Proof is where he went all the way towards aping a style of bad movie that he actually made a bad movie. Um, I think I you know yes well. Tarantino's style is informed by everything. You yeah, know, certainly, everything. certainly he's so aware of the Japanese style that, yeah. that, that there's, but there's no a little bit of I mean, Kill Bill is when he went, see, and now I'm doing Japanese style. But this, when I see a movie like this, especially when you put Pam Greer and, and Forster at the, at the head of it and do a story about small-time hoods doing a small-time deal that goes drastically wrong, th- this, too, is a grindhouse movie. Right. With and a little gloss se- to it. And the 70s movies just took their time. Yeah. They, yeah. Because, and, and Grindhouse movies especially is a point we made in, in Death Proof. Grindhouse movies especially because you had a budget of 97 cents. So all <laughs> you could do was get a room and have your actors talk at length about whatever you could think of yeah. them to talk about. Right. So that's how you made up your running time. And then you crashed the one car that you could afford to crash. And that was your movie. So, so you know, he's, he's already heading in that direction that he went full bore with when he did death proof a little out a little sometime later so this is very much a slicker i think black exploitation is appropriate given the subject matter and the and the way it's presented um just a much slicker version of that and and yes the as in death proof it's like okay but see stylistically you you nailed the boring, you nailed the boring thing. you nailed the way a bad movie used to get made and i don't know if that's an achievement or not <laughs> but you did do it um so this movie but for the same reason, it's like, well, he doesn't, you know, 
Tarantino cares not for your American modern sensibilities of fast cutting. He'll let characters talk in a room for 20 minutes and, and so on. And, and again, that's fine. He can make that movie and I don't have to love it. And the world keeps right on spinning. Right. Uh, that's fine. Mike? Yeah. Uh, just the reason, just so people don't think, are, aren't wondering why, what's the difference between like, because um, both of them do, you know, take their time and have long takes. Ja- uh, I would say the Japanese, the Japanese style is more about kind of stillness and kind of just being, and that's not really what this movie is. And the 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 French is more about the the realism and and the existence and the being in the moment and and you texture. know the, the and the texture and the and so the long takes of walking through and just being like this is her walking through the mall yeah. freaking out like that's more that kind of that that kind of vibe than like the stillness which comes in in, in Kill Bill and stuff like that like you said that's that's more him doing that kind of thing but of course he he is very informed by everything and more than anything it's a seventies grindhouse movie <laughs> you yes. know one hundred percent absolutely look at the menu but the menu is yeah. flashier than anything in the in the movie yeah interesting like, just talking about Squares Sazy just that yeah. is on that note. There's a, there's a shot in Taxi Driver when they talk about some documentary they're talking about. There's a shot of Taxi Driver where someone the Alka-Seltzer in glass, mm. and the shot of the Alka-Seltzer in glass goes on forever. <laughs> yeah. And that's a statement that they talk about very specifically. Like there's the length that you would normally have a shot of the Alka-Seltzer, and then clearly as an as an experienced moviegoer, the Alka-Seltzer shot is clearly going on longer than it <laughs> would have normally and should be. Right now you're thinking. Why are we looking at this shot of the Alka-Seltzer? Now the Alka-Seltzer means more than just Alka-Seltzer. Something else is happening. And it keeps on going to make you go, seriously, what's going on with this Alka-Seltzer? <laughs> I'm completely invested in this glass of Alka-Seltzer now. I'm fascinated by it. So th- that sensibility is very much at play here. Yeah. And, and in the French movies that you're talking about, it's like, just we're just going to walk with her the whole way yeah. through, the, through the shopping mall. Just to make you... Ask yourself why I'm making you watch <laughs> yeah. it, if nothing else. That is a that is a directorial thing that can be done. Yeah. Anyway, Mike. Um, yeah, I mean, I, we talked about it as I said at the beginning. I I wouldn't necessarily even say this is my favorite Tarantino movie, although I I like it quite a bit. Uh, I just think that it was a movie. Earlier, that, you said it was his best movie. Hmm? I, I I still think it is in terms of in terms of his favorite in terms of just being yeah I said I said I think that's I perfectly think fair favorite, yeah but I think it's his best. Oh, well, this was clearly um, his best. I don't like it as much as I like the other one. Yeah, that's fair. Um, just in, just in terms of you know how how well it's constructed and how deliberately you know obviously everything he does is deliberate but but um, you know this is this is him making a movie you know to to be a movie as opposed to. Uh, being a, an experience that gets all over your clothes, as <laughs> as the rest of his movies generally are. Um, Got but, some Tarantino on yeah, there. But but mainly mainly it's just like the reason I I put it out there is just I think that this is a movie that doesn't deserve to be forgotten or be like oh that's that time Quentin Tarantino fucked up. It's like no, it's actually <laughs> it's not that it's not, not at that at all. It's and it's a movie that I think people. Uh, especially people who like Tarantino and people in general who love movies just deserve to have in their life. The benefit yeah. from saying, yeah, it's oddly enough that you, we started off. You mentioned someone uh, Teague mentioned Jersey Girl. No. Jersey Girl is absolutely my favorite <laughs> Kevin Smith movie. I don't really like any of the others that I've ever mm. seen. Jersey Girl was like, oh, he so he can do it. Uh-huh. He can make a movie. Right. He just normally doesn't. I recall liking Jersey Girl a lot. I, yeah. I'm gonna have to check out Jersey Girl. But though. that, uh, but that doesn't apply here because I actually do like flashy, crazy Tarantino yeah. a little bit more than I like at least here. But uh, again, I would like this movie. I, I'm not saying 
QT, don't ever yeah. try and make a normal movie again because clearly he's quite capable and I, I actually would like to see another one. Yeah. This has been What Do You Do a Movie? You can always find more episodes at friendsinyourhead.com. Uh, go to the forum, involve yourself in the conversation. You can download every new episode every single week. There's an iTunes thingy. Subscribe. Rate us on iTunes. We need new ones. And also, like, like us on Facebook because, seriously, why not? Facebook.com slash friendsinyourhead. Twitter.com slash friendsinyourhead. And friendsinyourhead at gmail.com. Holden Hill, design and maintain the website. And until next time, my name is Steve Christie. Nice, Scott. Or Dell. This has been What Do You Do a Movie? Thank you for listening. Good night. Good night. Long unbroken shot of us sitting here staring at you <laughs> yeah. over a great like funk track talking about French New Wave films yeah no man stylistically what they would do in the long take you understand you know what they call Sabaro in a French film <laughs> <laughs> La Rob- Fin <laughs> Robinson's May that was an awesome sound effect <laughs> thank you that's my bong sound effect I went to college <laughs> friendsinyourhead.com <laughs>